Welcome everybody to the Teutonic Takes. I'm here with a very special guest, and I'm your co-host. My name is Fabian Renkel. I'm here with Ivan Ornelas, your usual co-host. And then we're also here with a very special guest, the man, the myth, the legend from a very <laughs> famous podcast in the Quakes world. Dom, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. Thank you guys for uh, having me on today. Appreciate it. Yeah, you Pleasure. know, we, we really like that you want to be on. You know, it, it actually made us feel like this whole podcasting Quakes community is truly a community. And yeah. it should be. I mean, we all have to pick each other up in this time. Yeah, most yeah. definitely. Um, I mean, more so than ever, I think the content that's coming out in the past couple of years has just been uh, amazing. Nothing short of amazing from the Quakes community. Um, it's it's something that I know the four of us, when we got started with the Quakes After 90 podcast, really wanted to be a part of growing ultimately, right? So now that in 2020, after what, six, seven seasons that we've been doing this show, six seasons that we've been doing the, the show in our end, there's so many different options that folks can go ahead and go to for Quakes content and Quakes podcasts. And that's something that we, we love to see. Yeah, it, it's truly great i mean now we have black and a soul we have the quakes after 90 podcast um we we had a you know dan the quakes fan goonie time radio they yeah. come and go so and now we have us so i am i'm truly excited and ivan too what do you got to say about that ivan yeah i think that having all these different voices is an interesting situation because while we're all watching the same games obviously yeah. and we're making similar points Everyone has their own spin on things. Yeah. Everyone is very collaborative and encouraging to, you know, grow their level of participation, whether you yeah, yeah. run a podcast, whether you write a blog, or whether you just tweet during the games. We appreciate you and we try to stay connected as much as possible. Yeah, and that's the, and that's ultimately what things have been born from, right? Like, you know, I've I've been a part of this MLS community for a very long time prior to things getting uh, very digital across the league where folks were doing blogs and, you know, starting up podcasts and, and, and having, you know, even video shows too as well, right. On YouTube, for example. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that was really important for me was that we need to grow this community and it needs to be grassroots, right? There had been so many different iterations of teams trying to start their own podcast. The Quakes had one initially, and that's kind of was the, uh, brainchild for Phil and Bill to get this started um, on the Quakes after 90 side uh, had tried their own podcast that was done in-house it didn't really work too well oh, wow. and so that kind of sprang the idea of okay perhaps we can do something more independently we don't have to be bound to what we can and cannot say um, and and really wow. it was just a it was just a shift from the media that was being put out there from the team right when when the Quakes were we're making that transition from sort of being a lower, a lower, the league wasn't looked at as, as, as uh, strong as it is today. Right. right so right. when people thought about the San Jose earthquakes, they were just like, Oh, they're just that team that plays at that college in Santa Clara. Right. <laughs> um, and so you didn't have too much media and things around it. The, the, the papers weren't, weren't always writing stories. The, you know, you weren't show, you weren't seeing the quakes show up on TV as often. It was, it was things were starting to build. Um, you had folks like Robert Jonas, you had your Elliot Almonds, you had folks who were sitting out there putting out material, but everything had just felt like it was coming straight from the club. And mm -hmm. so it's just like, okay, this isn't exactly reporting as much as it is just PR spin. And that's no, 
disrespect to folks like Robert Jonas, who's been holding it down for us for a very long time. Yeah. Um, it, it's just a matter of what the hand that he was dealt ultimately. Right. right. So, so as we fast forwarded and, and we've been able to go ahead and build, you have things like the subreddit, right. Um, doing AMAs. Um, then you had fan cave. Then you had the podcast that spurred up. Then you had folks with their websites and their blogs, breaking down things tactically. Right speaking about it in a casual standpoint. So seeing all this different type of media just be born and creating more content for fans when there was none really being put out beforehand is something that's just been really beautiful for the Quakes, which I think has the best community for doing so. Um, and then for the MLS as a whole, right? So. Yeah. Who knows what we see from today to five years, we might even have yeah. 10 more podcasts. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we're going to start to see the biggest growth, this biggest growth in MLS 4.0 right now. So this is like, yeah, yeah. This, I mean, but we'll still be doing Dom Kinnear tactics. And no. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully that's something that we can move away from. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Old, right. Yeah. That's incredible though. It's nice to see these things evolve. And I do want to quickly, before we dive into some more personal updates mm -hmm. and then going into the quakes an update on the fire slash air quality mm -hmm. situation that has affected us in the West coast in particular. So at the time of writing more and more places in California are starting to get healthier air. There are still a lot of areas that are in the unhealthy for certain groups mm -hmm. uh, category in Oregon and Washington it is a bit more dire. There are still some places with healthier air quality. There are some concerns about Portland, although that's starting to get a little better. And I think the worst rating I've seen, very unhealthy in the Spokane area. So mm -hmm. it's something to keep in mind for Washington. In but, Washington, yeah. Yeah, but we just want to give a big thanks to everyone. If you are listening to this or if you have a family member or friend, who is a firefighter, any sort of community uh, member or servant who has been helping with these causes. We thank you. We thank them. And that means so much to us right now. Yeah, yeah most definitely. We want to give thanks to all those people that are out there putting their lives on the line. Um, and I know on the Quakes Discord, there were some LA firefighters um, saving a couple mm -hmm. of Quakes mm -hmm. fans uh housing and so everybody was like you know what today let's not say fla today let's say thank you la so gotcha i respect that <laughs> yeah we're definitely gonna give our thanks to all of their first responders out there um but clear blue skies i mean and at least in the peninsula dom you're in sf and then yeah. ivan you're in san diego so clear blue skies all around in california right yeah, so far. Uh, I mean, lately, there's there's really been a lot lot more blue skies. But, uh, you know, you know, we also have like Sterling for the Quake Stars for 90 podcast, who's also up in that Portland slash, you know, Washington border too as well. And so he's getting hit with all of the oh, wow. smoke and the craziness that we were beforehand as things are burning up there. So definitely thinking about the other Quakes fans, you know, across the country, up and down this this West Coast, basically, who are going through it. Right. Yeah, definitely hope he'll be doing okay, doing what he needs to do to weather this situation. Wear that yeah. mask. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I mean, like, so you said last episode you're doing a little Quakes rebuild on your FIFA account. How's it going now? 
<laughs> so it's going pretty well. Keep in mind that obviously in career mode, there's no such thing as DPs and salary yeah. caps. So you're allowed to run a bit wild. And this is true. just with some of the names that I've brought to the club, you'll understand that realism is kind of left at the window. Anthony Robinson, <laughs> Calvin Phillips, Aaron Long, uh, Julian Alvarez, the Argentine wonder kid from okay. Nunez. You can't even uh, landmark though. So like... No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, right. I'm really curious. What tactics are you are you playing, and and what does the rest of the league look like if you have to bring those guys in to stay competitive? Yeah, so it's a four-two-three-one formation, same as usual for the Quakes mm-hmm. um, when they play somewhat formation-based uh, soccer, and we're in the season uh, 2022. So in FIFA 20, they start you in the 2019 season Mm -hmm. because if you were playing a European league, you would start 2019, 2020. Mm -hmm. So you start a little bit earlier there. So it's looking like in this fourth season of the rebuild in the year 2022, the Quakes are in a good position to win the MLS Cup. They lost that okay. supporter shield by three points to Columbus oh. Crew. Okay. But in a good spot in the West. And if you want the whole story on that, uh, I'll post the link to the Google Doc where I have all the updates and information nice. on that rebuild on this podcast. Yeah, Dom, nice. you know how you, you were asking what uh, what MLS looks like with a team like that? Uh, a normal MLS. I mean, that's how that's <laughs> what you have to do to the <laughs> Where we're left behind and everybody else is pushing forward in terms yeah. of signings and such. Yeah, that's yeah I mean, right. uh, we have no Argentinian wonder kid, and that's where we're at right now. We're the bottom yeah, of the yeah. whole table. So. I know what uh, Inguain just got signed for what Inter Miami, right? Yeah, so they've news. got yeah. three stars now sitting over there for an expansion team, which is you know, I'm thinking whew. Seattle makes a big splash. I know this is going to sound like a dark horse, but. Mm-hmm. Is, is Suarez signed yet? I mean, is he mm. is he going to get that Italian citizenship? Because if he doesn't, I know he has a big friend over there in Seattle, so we'll see what that happens with that. Because if he ha- if he hasn't mm-hmm. if he doesn't sign before the Champions League deadline, I think he won't sign in Italy. So we'll see if if he can get a green card. Because I know right now it's hard to get a green card because of COVID Dying. and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think there's going to be some more names coming in during this transfer window for MLS. Um, I hope it's mm-hmm. us. <laughs> we'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah. But um, I really hope. I mean, losing 7-1 to one has to be a disgrace. I mean, you have to open your pocketbook, but let me, we'll get yeah. into that later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. um, but Ivan has a quiz for us. What, what do you okay. got for us, Ivan? Yeah. All right. So I have three categories here, and my intention is we'll go first to five points for each category or best oh, two man. out of three right. uh, and the categories are years where a mls team joined the league okay we have current designated players in mls okay and we have mls standings so i'll give you two teams either two western conference teams or two eastern conference teams and you'll have to tell me if one's ahead of the other Okay. Which one it is. Okay. Um, so, so since you're the guest, Dom, oh. why don't you pick the first category? I should have definitely looked at the table before this. Um, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Let's go with – man, see, this is why I have Zach. Let's go with uh, years that uh, MLS teams join. All right. So this is how it works. First to five points wins. Uh, you'll each take turns on this. So you'll each have equal opportunities to get uh, your five points. And if you both get – Go perfect five for five. We'll do a tiebreaker round. 
Okay. At least so I'm not struggling with myself this time around. Yeah, no, nah, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our historian is Zach, so this is this is usually his department. So I'll see if I can uh, hold it down a little bit. So the base year is 2010. So okay. I'm either going to give you a club, and you have to tell me whether the club joined the league before, after, or, after. or okay. during the year 2010. Okay. Ooh. All right. All right. So Fabi, you're up first. You ready? Oh, okay. 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 New York Red Bulls. Hmm. Well, they joined as the Metro Stars before. I mean, before is correct. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. There we go. Yeah, I was gonna. I was like, is this gonna get uh, technical? I thought was, <laughs> yeah, that was a trick question. I even throw some trick questions in there. So you gotta be careful. Oh man. Right. Yeah. Last week, uh, I asked him about the uh, how many uh, sports franchises each MLS yeah, city has. I remember. And I tricked him with the Kansas it, City, uh, Missouri. It was the Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri one, right? Yeah. That's yeah. Not even and then it was, like, and then it was like, what New York having an additional team that that technically play or additional New- teams that technically play in New Jersey. Right? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Yeah. So here you go. Dom rail okay. salt Lake. Oh man. Uh, RSL is uh, before 2010. Correct. They were yeah. in 2005. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Favi Portland. Timbers. All right. Here we go. Portland Timbers. That was mm. after. Yes. So All, right. <laughs> All right. Dom, Colorado yeah. Rapids. Uh, Rapids is before. That was that. Right. Come on, 1996. Yeah. Hey, I gave you New York Red Bulls. Bobby, that's true. So that's that's true. true. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Fabi, Montreal Impact. Before. No, it was 2012. Oh. So it was after. So after. Okay. All right. Uh, Dom, you got Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, in 2010. Uh, it was after in 2011. So ah, you got the both. Oh, that's a hard one. Oh, I thought it was a year. All right. So, Fabi, you get Toronto FC. I want to say before. Correct. 2007. That's why I, I was about to say 2007. Mm-hmm. All right. Dom, you get Houston Dynamo. Oh, this is disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, before. All right. So you guys are both three for four. So one more round. Fabi, you get Orlando City. Oh, that, come on, man. That's after. That's after. Yep. And then Dom, Minnesota United? Uh, after. All right, so you guys both got four for five. So okay. this is how the tiebreaker is going to work. Okay. So I'm going to give you a word to use when you know the answer. Okay. And then the first one is hear it. I'm going to try to be as impartial as possible. Okay. I'll, you'll get the first chance. So this is for the win. And if you answer first, if you get it right, you win. If you get wrong, the other person wins. So okay. keep that in mind. Philadelphia Union. The word is Beckham. Wait, wait. So, wait. So, yeah, you know so, it, so, yeah. so, so say that again. So, the answer, say Beckham, and then whoever says it first, it's on you. So, you got to get the answer right, and you win. Or if you get wrong, the other person wins. This is the tiebreaker round. But what do you so ask? The word, so, the word is Philadelphia Union, but then you said Beckham. So, if you know the answer, that's the word so I know. Or you can try raising your hand first. Or something. Oh, you're oh, saying – Oh, gotcha. So, I'm saying – Yeah. 
Okay, got you. You say the year that they came in. Okay, got you, got you, got you. Okay. Do you want to do a new one or should we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go to a different club. Yeah. Or should maybe, let's see. Um, why don't you and Dom do rock, paper, scissors to decide who does the type of your question? <laughs> or, or how about that... this? How about this? Dom, do you know Seattle's Seattle? The year that they came in? Yeah. Oh my God. No, I don't. I'm going to, I'm going to, no, I don't. I don't. I think it's 2009, here. right? Right. So oh, you okay. win that round. There you go. Okay. So that's how we'll settle the tiebreaker. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I didn't know that one. I was like, yeah. uh, maybe 2009? Because they always say, so, oh, it's the best franchise to enter from 2009. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It, it's funny too, as well, because I, I was a, I was an RA that year in college and one of the, kids that had to watch had this giant seattle sounders <laughs> flag that just stood outside his window like you know how like, his window was like front facing to like, yeah. the main area and it's just like the sounders flag i was like what is this club i was just like ah that's, that's what we gotta play against them now madness <laughs> all right so dom since you need to win around to stay in it you can okay. choose again do you want to go dps or you want to go mls standings oh man uh i'm gonna go mls standings there's no way i'm gonna get dps that's that's absolutely <laughs> There's no way. All right. So we'll do this again. You each get five chances, and then okay. we'll have a tiebreaker round. Uh, this time we'll start with Dom. So which team is higher in the standings, mm. Real Salt Lake or Colorado Rapids? Oh, man. Jesus Christ. It's all um, switched up now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, RSL. Correct. They are ahead by one point. Oh. Okay. Okay. So okay. F- Favi. Who's higher in the standings, Nashville or Atlanta? Oh, oh Nashville, man. Nashville. That's correct. Which that's is like one of the major stories. <laughs> <laughs> I know that shouldn't happen for five hundred, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dominic. Okay. You got who's higher, Orlando City or Montreal Impact? Ah, Orlando. Yeah. By three non- points, non- you're right. On a tear. Yeah. Yep. All right, Oscar so, Pereja. Oh, I know. Just amazing. Dallas, I don't know what they were thinking getting rid of them. <laughs> All right, Fabi. Which team is higher, Sporting Kansas City or Minnesota United? Mm. Sporting, they're number one. They are currently number two, but oh. they are higher than Minnesota by three mm-hmm. points. Mm-hmm. So you're right. Okay, Dom, who's higher, LA Galaxy or Portland Timbers? Let's see. Portland's been a bit up and down. I'm going to go with uh, LA Galaxy. You are correct by five goals on goal difference, That's, both on 15 cause points. Because they, they got the point, because Portland should have more points from the bubble, right? Um, I'm looking at the standings right now. And it's like stuck. a 14-tie um, right now. Yeah, so it's yeah. Like, mm. A whole bunch of people. Yeah, so you're three for three. Okay. Favi. I'll take which, that. I'll fire. Which, which team is higher? Philadelphia Union or Toronto FC? Oh, this was a hard one. Give me an easy conference team. Come right. on. Toronto. Right, no, uh, Toronto. Let's go Toronto. By goal difference. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, no, I thought the Hathaway. Philly would have been on top. Come on. Right. They're balling out in the bubble too as well. All right. A lot has happened since. So, <laughs> yeah, it has. Look at the quakes. All right. right, Dom. Which team is higher? D.C. United or Chicago Fire? Ah, oh my goodness gracious. Um, who even plays for DC right now? I'm gonna go Chicago Fire. <laughs> DC is higher by a point. How is that possible? You know, you know who plays for DC? Egwene's brother, dude. <laughs> 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 
our big bro of Igwe. That's what we're going to call him now. We forgot about him. There we go. <laughs> All goodness. right. So, Fabi, back to the yep. Western Conference with you. Which seems higher, Houston Dynamo or Real Salt Lake? Hmm. I'm going to say Real. Houston Dynamo, also what? a goal difference. They're above us. Right. There's so many times right now. Goal difference, yeah. man. Yeah. All right. So, Dom, if you get this one right, you win round two. Okay. Oh. So this one's for all the marbles, as JR would yep. say. Yep. Sorry, we have to make a wrestling reference in every pod that we do. So, <laughs> Which team is higher in the standings, Cincinnati or Inter-Miami? Oh, man. Um, both trash. <laughs> um, but Cincinnati, extremely trash and no DPs. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Cincinnati. Correct. They have oh! nine points. Inter has eight. So you tie it up, Dom. <laughs> the inexperience of the expansion team is. I know, game. right? <laughs> the Eastern Conference at least is like a little more separated than. Yeah, us. it's a little more separate. Yeah, we're just you know goal difference, which is horrible. <laughs> we, yeah, we're, right, we're not gonna so... win a goal difference. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, that's absolutely not. There's no way. All right, then. So we're tied up. It comes down to the DP round. So we'll alternate as well. Let me get the quakes. It's easy. It's easy. We'll start with Fabi. So I'm each round, I'll say a team, and you have to give me a designated player from that team. I'm going to lose this round. Oh, man. I, I, no, I'm not good at this either. So no, I can I can't even pronounce half the names of some of the DPs. Like Chicago's <laughs> got no clue. Is not required as long Philly, as it's no close idea. enough. And you just need one, right? We'll start with some easy ones. Yeah, just one. Okay. All right. Seattle Sounders, Fabi. Uh Nicolas Lodeiro. That's easy. There you go. So that's one. Let's see. New York Red Bulls, Dom. Ooh. Jesus Christ, I have no clue. <laughs> that was, that was not the same. Oh, I thought that was an easier one. Sorry. Let me, uh, let's see, let's see. Who? Yeah, no, I got no clue. Uh, I, I would have accepted Kaku, the Paraguayan midfielder. He's pretty wow. good. I had no clue that Kaku was, uh, was their DP. Yeah, so and then recently they signed a new DP, Drew Yearwood from Brentford. So. Okay. So one zero Fabi. Uh, G- give me a see. harder one and give Dom an easy one. <laughs> yeah. nah, I'm gonna lose this round regardless. <laughs> All right. All right, Fabi. Minnesota United. Oh, Fabi. Fabi's in. Fabi's got it, man. Oh man, no, because Fabi's got it. Oh, what's Darwin Quintero? He's not currently a DP for Minnesota oh, United. What? Oh I would have accepted gosh. Jan Grey Goose, Tomas, Tomas Chacon, or Emmanuel Reynoso. That's crazy. Oh. You know, they're so good, and I don't even know their DPs. That's insane. Where's the marketing team for that team? Let's go. <laughs> you know, market – yeah, geez. A lot, a lot of teams fell in, in their marketing side. Us Quakes, we have in a great marketing team that right. does not get the support from the front office to – Those videos are insane. Really, I mean, quality. really do good things. 
They just they just need better players to push out there. And the Via Stadium, well, Earthquake Stadium. Jesus Christ, how many times are we gonna pay them? Is good. It's gonna be rocking. Right? It's funny we we get Avaya every podcast we've done. So you Here's know how you one. guys do some WWE yeah. like wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, references. We got a vibe. We just got. We got a sponsorship. It's just a. Uh, it's just a bad habit because you know. I, I know it's Intermedia is our is our um, sponsor now, but I, I don't know. I just feel like it's one of those. Like uh, in San Francisco, we have like AT and T Park, Pac Bell Park. Right. You know, Oracle like Park every now. Oracle Park now. Yeah. Like you know, it's just one of those things. It's just like the name that has stuck with me is, right. is the one that stuck with me. So people still call it Pac Bell or AT and T though. So yeah, that's all the time. Yeah. It's kind of how you can figure out like the age of the person when when they've been in San Francisco, how long that's they've true. been there or not. So yeah, well, <laughs> well if we call it a vibe, we are seasoned. Vet, yeah, all right? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Buckshaw Stadium. Yeah, right? right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I miss that place, man. I miss that place a lot. I only went once yeah. when I was a kid, so I'm truly uh, in a buy a baby, you know. Okay, gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha, gotcha. All right, Dom. Portland Timbers. Oh man, is Valeri still their DP or is he just like too like paid, underpaid now at this point in time? Um I'm gonna go hurt. with uh Oh, Sebastian Blanca. There you go. Yep. So you we're tied one one. I hope you had yeah. that one. Their that, current DPs are Blanco, Yimmy Chara, and Jaroslav Yezgoda. So Valeri okay. lost his DP status last year. Ah, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, so, Yimmy, so, Yimmy's a D, where did Yimmy, Yimmy come from? Colombia. Yimmy right? came from uh, Atletico Mineiro in the Brazilian top flight. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, what? You know, it's the craziest thing to me doing this when you're naming off all the DPs. I don't even know these DPs, and they spend money on these guys. We can't even mm-hmm. get a known name out of yeah. RFO. Yeah, yeah. All it, right, five. New England Revolution. <laughs> you said you wanted the hard ones, man. Oh, that 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 is a hard one. Um, oh man, they brought in a central midfielder last year and he got hurt right away. I just don't know his name. That's a DP. Um, I'm going to go with Diego Fagundes. Diego Fagundes has never been tied down to a DP contract. <laughs> they have Carlos Gill, Carlos Gustavo, yeah. Gustavo Bo, and Adam Busca. Mm. Books. I, yeah. I said the it's only Uruguayan I knew. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Dom, you have – the Columbus crew. Oh man. Um, the only person I know that Adam, Adam, John and Jossie are like the only two people that I know. No, Jan is on Atlanta now. Uh, I would, Yossi should be their DP. He should yes. still be getting paid DP wages. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. All right, cool. Perfect. Yeah. Fun, fact, fun fact, uh, Giassi Zardes is a, is a friend of mine. Actually, I've met oh, him a couple sweet. of times. He, he played at Bakersfield with my best friend, um, which is pretty cool. So yeah, he's we a had some fun guy. In, in the college days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Cruz DPs are Pedro Santos, Yassi Zardes, and Lucas Zelarayan. Mm, that's the new one. Yep. Yep. Giassi always seems like a cool guy. I mean, he Team always show. did. He uh he whenever he was for the Galaxy, it's kind of hard to hate on community service, mm-hmm. but he always did a whole bunch for that that whole area, and yeah. I think a lot for Inglewood because he's from there, right? Yeah, he's from that area down there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Fabi, FC Dallas. Mm. I actually know this one, which is hilarious. Barrios. 
Barrios is incorrect. It's uh, Jara, is right? Jara, Acosta, and Mosquera. All right, down for the win. Your, no your next club is... Let's see. That's a fair one <laughs> to decide this. Oh, he, he, here's a good one. Sporting Kansas City. Oh, my gosh. Of all oh. teams. Um, no, this was easy. No, this uh, was easy. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Pulido. Yeah, there yes. you go. There, there you go. go. <laughs> the other ones are Felipe Gutierrez and Johnny Russell. Oh, okay. Johnny Russell's a DP? Yeah. Man, yeah. They might be – or their FO might be worse than <laughs> – I'm, they're spending money, man. I know. Yeah, they have several several players still at the club that are no longer DP, such as Matt Beasley, mm-hmm. Graham Zusi, Roger Espinoza. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah, so that'll conclude the quiz portion. Congrats, Dom. Dom man. just won. Look at that. I feel I got lucky on that one. Thanks for the easy questions on the uh, <laughs> DP bit. Thank you very much. I just gotta watch more Rev games, you know, like <laughs> Zach. I hope you're proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I it's one of those things where like, oh, this seems easy for me, but then like, you know, for other people who knows it depends on which clubs they follow more, you know. And yeah, if you that have was a, a lot if you fun, have a though. if you have an evening game, I'm more likely to watch you. That's mm-hmm. that's the reality of it. So for for me and East Coast teams, it's really it's a matter of of like when can I fit them into what I watch a lot of Premier League. Um I try and watch as many of the West Coast teams in the MLS, especially with this, with the way this bubble was set up, and making sure that I can kind of, kind of keep tabs on, on our opposition. Um, but historically, I have just never really been able to watch East Coast teams too much, which is why I like the MLS bubble so much because I was able to see squads that I really don't have too much exposure to on the regular ball yeah. out, which is really fun. Yeah, Dom, do you think the bubble's here to stay? Um, I don't think it's here to stay. I think that, I mean, and I know this is a little bit political, so I don't don't mean to do so on the show. Um, (laughs) But I think that the United States just hasn't handled the coronavirus um, in the same manner that other countries have. And so those other countries are being able to see the benefits of taking it serious um, while we're still having infighting over, let's say, in California, you know, oh, I, I need to wear a mask. I don't have to wear a mask, right? Right. So, you know, as we continue to focus on individualism, which is the most American thing you can do, unfortunately, there are consequences that come with it where, you know, our our way of life is unfortunately put on pause. So, you know, I think that the bubble for this year for a number of sports has been really good, but the NFL is doing everything they can in their power to try and bring back some you know, uh, right. some shades of things being normal. And you'll, and I think you'll go ahead and start to see that with baseball too as well. And then hopefully the MLS will start to follow suit once we figure out, okay, how can we best move forward and be as safe as possible? Yeah, you know, the weirdest thing about this whole ordeal about this schedule is they actually mm-hmm. travel the day of. So that yeah. must be so tiring. I mean, there, yeah. there's definitely not fans in the stands, but I yeah. mean, t- traveling the same day and playing a game sucks. So if they're, yeah. they're going to yeah. do that, for you know if the quakes play let's say columbus there's no way they can do that so yeah uh, yeah and and i know that's the reason why the schedule is the way that it is why we have to play portland twice in one week for example right why we are basically basically in the tournament of our conference it's it's really who's the best out of each conference that's going to come out and go into the playoffs right Mm -hmm. um and so you know traveling day of though you 
guys have routines before matches. People like to go ahead and get comfortable. They have their rituals, right? Um, you don't get that full uh, ability to go ahead and do those things. It's pretty much just like, okay, I'm off the bus. I'm off the plane. Now I need to go straight I need to go to the stadium. This is where I can go ahead and unpack and unwind while I'm in the dressing room getting yeah. ready and then going and do so, right? So it's a, it's a completely different ritual that players have had prior to this that they're getting adjusted to and, and having to deal with as well. All right. So I think, yeah, those are all different realities of the league as it stands today and how particularly this country, though MLS is a league for both the United States and mm-hmm. Canada, that has also the indecision yeah. has affected Canada where Toronto, Vancouver, and Montreal are playing each other repeatedly yeah, because yeah. they can't <laughs> risk coming back into the country. Yep. Is it going to be like an MLS cup one a and then one B for Canada? <laughs> yeah. Those are, those are real questions though. Right. Like do we, right. do we think that things are going to be opened up on the border before the MLS cup comes about? Like, it's a very real reality. Is that Canadian team going to have to cross the border over and then be locked out? As well? I'm not, I actually, I'm not sure if Canadians can go back and forth. I think everything is just closed down completely. Yeah. But I, mean, I know this is going to be, I know it's going to be a really weird reference, but uh, Drake couldn't even come into the, into the, yeah, the yeah. United States. So yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, I don't think Vancouver Whitecaps players. Are. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. very true. Yeah, the last game that the Vancouver played, um, they stayed at a, a hotel on Santana Row, actually. And mm. me and my friends were hanging out at that bar uh, after the game. And so they came, like, walking through the hallway with, like, their kits and everything. And they're oh. just like, oh, what's this party going? <laughs> it was just like, ah! Like, yeah. So, unfortunately, yeah, Drake ain't got that pool. I don't think they do either. So. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ivan, so we. what do you think? Do you think this bubble – I guess I'm not – I asked the question a little wrong. Is the tournament here to stay? So every, mm. like, two or three years we run this tournament for a preseason type of thing. Mm, do you guys mm, think mm. that's going to last, or do you think that's going like to – we're going to keep like doing it? Like an MLS is back tournament, basically? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, that would be interesting. We'll have to wait and see where it could fit in the schedule if it's a preseason tournament. So mm-hmm. it'll probably have to be someplace like Orlando again if it's mm-hmm. like in February to mitigate the cold weather. And hopefully it wouldn't conflict too much with CONCACAF Champions League. Otherwise, mm-hmm. if you hold that tournament, obviously teams that are in the Champions League will prioritize that and you'll see rotated or mm-hmm. – teams with the usl affiliates or two teams like los dos they'll use those players instead oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it was definitely a fun tournament it was incredible to watch all these teams many teams that we don't get a chance to watch too often mm-hmm. because mls can sometimes be sparse with its nationally te- televised games for certain teams right right and uh it was fun to cover. I'm a writer for MLS Multiplex, so that definitely provided some fun content there on the writing front. And it's definitely something that fans want to see back. It's the only thing that's stopping them from trying this again, of course, is logistics. Yeah. I think I think the other thing too as well is it it the if you have an MLS's back tournament, you mess with the financials a bit too as well of clubs. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also have to talk about 
the situation of what is the benefit of us playing a tournament like this as preseason compared to you being able to go ahead and set up your own preseason tournament, right? Because right. currently the way that we have it is, let's say an FC Dallas is going to go ahead and say, okay, cool, we want the Quakes affiliate with Reno. We want the Quakes to come through. We're going to bring our affiliate, and then we'll also pull in, let's say, you know, a couple US, USL teams that we work with in the area to come and play in this tournament with us right. so we can go ahead and see what we got going on, right? Everybody right. shares that pot. Ultimately, there's a there's prize money at the end of it. It benefits those teams in terms of being able to get prepared. They can go ahead and say, cool, this team sets up this way. This team sets up that way. I can go ahead and see what my guys look like in these situations, right? Um, right. When you do an MLS is back tournament style, mm-hmm. you lose – that aspect of the financials you lose the aspect of being able to handpick who your opponents are or who you want to play against to see what type of styles or formations you're going to end up you know having to having to deal with in that preseason and i think that's something that the mls at large needs to have a larger conversation with because owners are still going to want to go ahead and get their revenue in and coaches are still going to want to do what's best for their success right Right. Um, showing off what you may use during the regular season may be may not be a benefit to you as from a coaching standpoint, um, but it also may help you out by seeing what somebody else is going to be running to as well once the season gets going. So there's some factors in there that, that have to be discussed. Yeah, so I I was wondering, where did they get that CONCACAF championship, uh, Champions League birth, birth. from? Mm. Where did they get that from? Um, because – I think if they can get that, whatever mm-hmm. whatever they did to make that one appear, they could offer that again. I mean, I think if you're playing for that, that's huge. I mean, there's yeah, a lot of yeah. there's a lot of teams out here that go that run for the supporter shield. I mean, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Canadians, they're pretty lucky because it's yeah. you know, one of those three usually goes. But other play other teams like like the Quakes or the Chicago Fires or the DC Uniteds, teams that don't usually get up there to the yeah. you know supporter shield, they have an opportunity to kind of try to get to the champions league. And I think I'm on the side of more games, the merrier. I think mm-hmm. if, if we have more games, that means more revenue and that mm-hmm. more revenue means better players, bigger, bigger stars, mm-hmm. more people watching. You have to invest to kind of see, reek the, reek the, you know, the benefits. The benefits. Yeah. yeah. I agree. There's also the other thing too, as well is, you know, I, I, if we, if the bubble were to stay, I would actually like to see a situation where, more players from the super draft were actually brought in onto mm. team rosters and yeah. given that play time to go ahead and work with those clubs during the preseason. Cause you already see, you know, trialist number one, two, and three, as we like to go ahead and call them on the play yeah. side um, that pop up here and there. And then, you know, somebody sticks your in for them or, you know, somebody doesn't, um, it would be nice to go ahead and see those trialists for the other clubs playing right. too as well in a central area that way teams can go ahead and do some scouting and be like, okay, we may have missed this guy in the draft, but if they cut him, let's go ahead and call him in and, and have right. him run with, with our squad too as well. Right. So, you know, it, it adds, it adds, some, it could add some additional layers that may benefit clubs ultimately that I think would be really cool. Yeah. Ivan, do you have anything to say about basically all that? I agree with all that. I think that there's so many different upsides to having that kind of tournament. And it is interesting because especially in this regular MLS format, you have 34 regular season games. And if you minimize uh, playoffs to Mm -hmm. the one-leg format, so a maximum of four additional playoff games is manageable, that's 38 games. 
which is mm-hmm. equivalent to a Premier League season or a La Liga season. Mm-hmm. You're adding, uh, and you add it onto that U.S. Open Cup and CONCACAF Champions League with a uh, MLS's back tournament. It's not going to completely run the players down, so mm-hmm. I think it could be manageable. Yeah, I think what catches my eye the most is the way they kind of broadcasted it. I mean, I was finally getting people asking me about the quakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was weird. I was like, what? And then once yeah. the bubble stopped and once once the regular season started, nobody cared. I mean, I yeah, hate to say yeah. it, but nobody asked me anymore. And that's when me and Ivan were like, you know what? We're going to change things. We're going to make another podcast. <laughs> I'm down for it. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, we got into a whole bunch of stuff, but let's finally get into some quakes news. <laughs> okay, cool. For sure. All right. right. Um, we are now in on the – 384th day since a win at Avaya. So Uh, uh, we are deep in it. I mean, talk about the dark days. This is it. Um, We now hold a two to four to five record in the regular season. And we Mm -hmm. sit currently at the bottom of the, of the table at 11 points through 11 games. Yeah. That's a that's a hard drink to drink if you're the 2018 yeah. Concacaf Coach of the Year, Ivan Dom. What do you think? What do you think the next direction for this team? Do you think we're going to slump harder? Or do you think it's going to go mm. up from here? It's a good question. So I did write about this, this topic for MLS Multiplex today, um, and I revisited my predictions for the first six games following the MLS's back tournament, okay. and I was more optimistic than I should have been, to put it lightly. But um, so it's really tough to gauge these last two games because you want to see the positive in the 0-0 draw against LA Galaxy and mm-hmm. the 1-1 draw against Portland Timbers or the right. Quakes. They had some flashes of competence and they're starting to get in some good areas, a bit more sound defensively. But at the same time, they still have that vulnerability. They, the biggest issue for me is that this team doesn't seem ready, regardless of who is on the field, whether it's the usual starters, whether it's the young players, whether it's a mix of both, that they can't put together a solid 90 performance, both offensively and defensively, mm-hmm. to save their life. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you have to do that at some point to get further up the table in Major League Soccer or any league for that mm-hmm. matter. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, th- I guess we'll, we'll probably – is this the time where we dive into the issues of the Quakes? and You, you and can what do whatever you or... want. This is kind of a free form with, with <laughs> yeah. you on the pod. Um, I, there's, a couple, there's a couple of questions that need to be answered if, if we're talking about the outlook of the rest of the season, right? Uh, the first question is where are the goals going to come from, right? That's, that's the first one. Uh, the second question is, where is the consistency of the back line gonna, gonna, going to happen? When is it going to happen? Mm. What does that look like? Right. Uh, injuries right now are convoluting that, that conversation. But even prior to those injuries, it was all, also convoluted because of the switches that were happening, that Matias were making, right? Um, the third question is the, the criticism of the man-marking system. Right. Uh, is that viable in this league, right? Like those are the deep questions that I always ask myself. Um, right now, Vako, Chris Wondolowski are the only two players that have more than one goal on this team. Vako has three, Wando has two, right? Wow. Um, everyone else, uh, what is it? Cade, Rios, Danny, uh, 
uh, Alanas and uh, what Magnus all have one goal, right? Yeah. There are no goals from anyone else, midfield, defender, striker. We are missing a ton of goals, right? Yeah. So my, that, my, 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 my question has always been in the beginning of the season, who is going to be the successor to Wando? But now as we are in the season, the question is, we can't even think about who's going to be the successor to Wando. How right. is Wando even going to score more goals, right? Like, do you think he even scores 10 goals this season is, is another question she can even have, right? Yeah, so, in that record, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I, I, look at, I look at that situation and then I go to the second question about the defense being inconsistent. Um, and I put those two things together and I ultimately go ahead and say this man marking system is ultimately at the core of the issue, right? Matias is not going to change the way in which this team plays. He can switch the lineup as many times as he wants to. Um, he can make as many changes to whoever starts in the 10 roll, whoever starts out on the wings, starts at left back or right back. But at the end of the day, we're going to play this man marking system. Right. Um, this system only works when individual players play up to the level of the opponents. Right. If anybody starts to get beat on the field, for any reason, the entire system falls apart. That that is that is what we have learned with what almost two seasons now of watching this with Matias. Um, that is what people are starting to compare with teams like Leeds. Um, and ultimately, I think that you know teams have started to break us down as a result because they there's tape now. So, you know, th- for me, I don't have a positive outlook because we haven't made any signings or improvements on the squad to improve how we run this man marking system, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I completely agree with, with the, the three points you said. Um, I just, we don't have enough pace. I think that's one of mm-hmm. the biggest problems. And, and that's very obvious when you mm-hmm. see, mm-hmm. I mean, Andy Rios, you need to stretch the, the defense and he's not really doing that. And he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's making these runs that, I mean, I, I don't want to hop on the Andy Rios hate trade right now because I think all <laughs> three of us could just chug along and go, choo-choo, <laughs> let's get a new striker. Yeah, <laughs> but he makes, like, how long have you been playing with Baco now? And yeah. how do you not know he's going to cut to his right yeah. And why are you making a near post cut? Like, why are you going to the near post when you know mm-hmm. it's going to either maybe hit off the post and go to the yeah. right of the goal, or it, it's going to come off of the goalie and then you have to be there to poach, poach the ball. But yeah. he was making this near post kind of cut. And I'm like, dude, you're not even going to score from that area. Why are you running that, that, that cut? It's, that? It's, the, it's the safe run. That's the problem, yeah. right? Because ultimately you have to get back on defense too as well in the system, mm. right? So people are, are playing it safe and and not pushing forward is, is in the way that they need to or not making the correct runs that they need to because in the back of their mind it's a matter of if we turn this ball over then i have to go ahead and track back on defense or else my team's gonna get punished for it right mm-hmm. um and so we've seen that happen when when players have individually bad games this team has been punished significantly right or we've seen that happen with the with the seattle sounders game where they basically cleared the entire midfield and said, you guys like to go ahead and attack from the wings through Espinoza. That's the one guy that's going to cross the ball or cut into and go towards goal. We are going to eliminate him by crowding the wings and clear the midfield and then just dissect you as we cut through, right? That's why Jordan Morris was able yeah, to run his just, slow self all the way down yeah. middle and nearly score on us, right? Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I've been looking at 
you know, I, I'm not really somebody who likes to go ahead and go and like technical on the tactics, but in, in, in take a look at the last three games, last three matches that we've played and look at how many players instead of crowding the box are sitting on the outside and ball watching. Oh yeah. It happens all the time, right? Nobody, nobody wants to make a run. Nobody wants to get in a position to go ahead and receive the ball. If Espinosa has the ball, they already know it's going to be crossed or it's going to be taking a shot. Right. So guys are pretty much just sitting there. All right, cool. You know, there may be four or five guys on, on defense in the box. We may have numbers and have six guys. There's probably only going to be three people tops inside the box waiting for a cross to come in. The other guys are going to be sitting outside the box waiting to go back on defense. Right. Yeah. We cannot be successful if that's how people play. That's not how man marking system is successful, unfortunately. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of basketball. I mean, if you if you have the ball and then everyone's just hanging out at the three point line, not making yeah. any cuts, it's like, dude, we're not gonna yeah, open any lanes. We're not gonna try it. And they're yeah. like, oh, I'll get I'll get them next time. I gotta get back on defense if you miss, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, right. and you know, so like the man marking system is is really intriguing to me because you know it's it's one of those systems where I think it's a lot of fun because. You know, it allows a lot. It allows the ability for players to really go ahead and show their individual effort on the pitch. And if you win those one-on-one battles, it's it's a ton of fun, right? But your backline needs to be organized, and they need they need to know when to push up and when to drop back together. We don't have that, right? Yeah. Your midfield and your forwards should really be trying to win the ball and pushing up as much as possible. We don't have that. Everybody gets spread out or they don't make the same run together, right? So that's yep. why you end up with one or two people in the box while everybody else is sitting outside waiting to go back on defense. And so when rebounds and things like that come in, we're not converting on those goals. We don't have those open passing lanes to go ahead and take additional shots. So, you know, it's unfortunately a a, a, a mess that we have in our hands due to the individual effort of the, of the players. Yeah, so, and it does uh, make things difficult for defenders in particular who usually don't get as much game time. So it's mm -hmm. difficult enough as it is yeah. if you're an out-and-out -out starter playing this demanding system. But for players like Jacob Akanyurije, who mm -hmm. made his mm -hmm. MLS debut in the uh, one of the games this week, starting and playing 69 minutes, it seemed like in and in JT Marzinkowski's first appearance of the season, no less, it was there was questions of whether or not that these players are somewhat being thrown to the wolves in the mm -hmm. sense that okay, you want game time, you fans are calling for different players to play. Well, you're gonna see what happens, and thankfully that they held their own, but still, like mm -hmm. this is not a convincing defense where you can relax a few times and you expect them to win every battle mm -hmm. and right. you don't expect that from every, any defense but it seems like regardless of which team they play especially in this group of teams that they have scheduled recently and coming up mm -hmm. they have had little problems getting into those spaces deep in the final third yeah there's no more magnus to ping the ball across the field unfortunately that, that's mm -hmm. the reality of it, right? Magnus was not the, you know, and I said this on our, on our show too as well, Magnus was not the best player in terms of getting up and down the field for in terms of the physical aspect, the pace that's needed, like you said. Uh, but he was very smart in, in the way in which he distributed the ball. So, you know, the man marking system works very well when play is stopped. You can right. organize, you can take time to go ahead and say, okay, we're going to go ahead and cover these guys or we're going to go ahead and line up this way so that we can go ahead and press and move up 
um, and you can use that to your advantage. Magnus would slow things down, and right. it would help us out quite a bit, even if that's not how Matias want, wants this team to play. But we don't have that anymore. So it's really up to guys now that you're missing that aspect in, in the system to really be smart in, in the manner in which they stick together and push up from the midfield and the forward side. And really, we need to crowd the box more um, to open up more attacking opportunities. And on the defensive end, you know, we need some consistency. Yeah, I, I, when I was hearing you guys both talk, I kind of thought to myself, wait, there's one thing that Matias has never really had to deal with in his mm-hmm. prior jobs. Everybody knows a different language on the Quakes. Everybody's yeah, from a different area. So mm-hmm. how is the chemistry and how is how are people gelling together when the main language isn't the same for almost, I think, five different starters? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we have Garam from Georgia, Vaco from Georgia, and then we mm-hmm. have Yudson with Portuguese because he's from Brazil. And then we got mm-hmm. Spanish guys and then we got English guys. Is there a problem with gelling together? I, I don't know. That's, that's something to kind of think about because what, when Dom was saying, these guys all have to be on the same page, well, it's mm-hmm. evident that they're not. So yeah. There has to be something going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I I don't like to harp too much on on the language bit because I you know I look at guys like Tommy Thompson who learned who's been learning Spanish so that he can communicate better, right? Um, and then I just look at the world game too as well, and I look at teams and how their makeup is, and a lot of them you know don't have one language that people you know, speak in or communicate in either. I mean, I'm an Arsenal fan, right? So, you know, right now Arteta will go ahead and use English sometimes to go ahead and put out his commands. Um, He has keywords in Spanish that he'll go ahead and use. And then on the pitch, you have Portuguese, Spanish, um, English, French. That's all spoken by, you know, you know, Lagazette and and Abba both speaks French. When Pepe's out there, your three three strikers are speaking French and then your midfield speaking Spanish. And then the rest of the folks are trying to communicate together in English, right? So it's one of those things that I think when you're on a team in the game in 2020, it's something you have to deal with, right? right. And that's what we have practice for. I, I really mm-hmm. think it's, it's, it's like you said, you know, when you have these different lineups, you don't have the reps in to be able to feel comfortable in the system and say, okay, I need to be here. I need to push up now. I need to fall back because my guys are doing this or this right. man is here. Let me go ahead and take a look at this. It's just not a system that says I'm going to go ahead and help out my the guy to my left or my right, ultimately. Okay. So as soon as you make that one individual mistake, you're going to get pounced on. And that's what teams have been taking advantage of. Right. I guess I didn't really think too much into the language barrier situation because I feel across several leagues around the world, particularly in MLS, but also in the Premier League, in Bundesliga, and mm-hmm. other leagues, that this right. is an issue that every club has to deal with. You have teams from that have players from a minimum of maybe six or seven different countries, some, a lot, some with a lot more. And I think that, like you mentioned, Dom, a lot of that understanding does come from practice, yeah. just not just the verbal language, but also – body language and getting on the same page in that way too yeah i don't know why i i guess i just brought it up because when i see andy rios get frustrated his body language and his effort really show like yeah. i don't see it on Yudsin. i don't see it much i mean jackson you you can kind of tell mm-hmm. but on andy rios it's the most evident and maybe we need a leader in that role it's maybe it's we need someone because mm-hmm. I think when Andy Rios gets frustrated and he's not getting those or he's not getting those passes because he's not running in the box, he's not really doing anything. 
Um, I saw Vaco pass it back to Marco Lopez at least eight times. So it was like, what? Like there has to be some sort of run you have to make. And I think Vaco knows that too. There has to be some sort of chemistry going on right now where I, I don't know if it's just Andy Rios, but for some reason, I don't think I've seen Vaco pass it to Andy Rios once in the last how many games. Yeah, they but, don't they don't link up the way that they need to. That is that is definitely true. And I'm I'm not a I'm not I'm not a fan of Andy Rios just because I don't I don't like the I don't like his attitude on the pitch at all. And I think that he is a ball watcher in a position that needs to be a lot more involved and take the reins ultimately, right? So yeah, you know, for me, he's one of those guys that I would like not to see in starting lineups going forward, unfortunately. But um, it looks okay. like we're gonna go ahead and keep seeing him because when I take a look at the numbers. Outside of Espinoza and Vega, um, he has the most minutes with 556, right? right? Which so, is perplexing. Yeah, so, wow. yeah Espinoza, just... Vega, and and Jackson are your most consistent um, members of the starting 11, and then Andy Rios is right there. So, wow. right. unfortunately, yeah. we may see more of him for for the. Wait, maybe so it's you... because we spent money on him, and and, right. and Matias feels what we need to go ahead and use him, but you know. Right. I get it, but at the same time, you're going to have to play him either way, either as a starting striker or as a sub. I think the decision is clear. In terms of his lack of production, his lack of goals, you want to have him on the sub. And I'm not just saying that because of damage control. Like You don't want a player who's struggling to play 90 minutes every game. But also, if you're struggling for goals, sometimes it's easier to get back into – that goal scoring form if you're coming on to tired legs on the opposite mm-hmm. defense as well yeah it's all about putting players in position to succeed sorry go no, ahead Bobby. no 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 worries so you know when you bring on a reliever you're losing like four zero and you just need him to eat up innings i mean yeah. this is kind of what andy rios is for us and yeah. i hate to say it this way but then wando comes on when they're all tired and he scores a goal yeah. so what i'm hearing is we need an engine number nine that is would bring the club back to their feet with buzz and we wouldn't pay for him. So let me tell you about this guy named Edison Cavani. Okay. <laughs> he has no club right now. Yeah. He's an engine and yeah. he has some star power to him. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we get that started? Let's, let's start. There's no rumors. Let's start one. All right. <laughs> there, our front office is never going to spin in that manner. They, they like to, they like to act as if this club is a, small market club unfortunately and i would love to be proven wrong on this i've been i've been begging to be proven wrong on this but you know we haven't invested in a number of different aspects that other clubs have and so unfortunately we're being given the opportunity of having someone like matias who has a vision and a plan and the uh resume to go ahead and say i can do something with this project with these bargain bin players essentially right right mm-hmm. um but, you know, with the rest of the league saying, hey, I'm going to bring in an Iguain and a Pizarro um, right. to go ahead and bolster, you know, my team at six points. And you've brought in – oh, actually, you've sold your best player in the midfield. Okay, <laughs> cool. Um, it's not going to change much. Right. Right. I, <laughs> yeah. so, I, so I've been beating this dead horse for a cap- past, past episodes with Ivan. Yeah. But – we just saw a couple of reports that Brian Rodriguez might be sold to Torino. Okay. And he came from a Uruguayan club named Peñarol where mm-hmm. all these guys come out of. I don't, I don't need to be a scout to tell you that these guys are going to be worth something someday. 
Yeah, yeah. LAFC was just it's it was taking candy from a baby. I mean, you're yeah. gonna get double for these guys, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. didn't you didn't train them. I mean, yes, you trained them to an extent, but you yeah. didn't bring them up your academy. You didn't. Your Wayans will always sell. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. one thing that I'm just baffled by. Why are we buying these innocent Amagaras where it's a lot more risk when you can buy a proven proven academy system and a proven talent pool? I, I just mm-hmm. don't get it. Yeah, because it costs money at the end of the day, mm-hmm. right? I mean, let, right. Go, go take a look at, you know, let's go back to the quiz that we did earlier of mm-hmm. on DPs and see how much, how many of those are paid over the 1.5 million threshold. I guarantee you it's most of them are in the 2 million threshold, right? Mm-hmm. Who, are, who have we paid $2 million to? Who are we paying that, that much money to? Espinoza and Innocent, right? Those are the two. And look how that's panned out. <laughs> We've, we've got hope, no goals. <laughs> I, I so. hope we don't spoil. I mean, um, Espinosa. I mean, this is gonna this is gonna hurt his, his ego. So uh, we we better bring in yeah. some help. Like it may Rick. it may hurt his it may hurt his ego, but he's developing as an individual, right? So at the end of the day, I guarantee you there are clubs who are sitting who are going to sit there and look at when his contract is coming to an end and say, we need that guy on our team because he's going to be a difference maker and he's going to be more successful with us in our system because we have the supporting squad to put around him. We don't have the supporting squad around him right now. He is a waste of money because we refuse to go ahead and fill the gaps that we needed to two seasons ago, ultimately, Right. right? So. You know, it's unfortunate and we have some some puzzle pieces that we can work with, you know, um, but at this moment, it just doesn't seem like the club wants to wants to be ambitious enough to to do that. Right. Um, I really enjoy this conversation, but we do have a few other uh, pieces <laughs> of uh, San Jose Quakes news and then we'll get into the uh, quick reviews of the last few games. So just want to say that there is a uh, Chivas vs. Club Leon match scheduled for mm-hmm. Earthquake Stadium that has since been rescheduled for March 2021 mm-hmm. due to all the pandemic issues going on right now. And the last point is that the San Jose Earthquakes have linked up with Rally the Vote, a co- coalition of sports teams throughout the United States Woo! with the goal of increasing voter registration. The Earthquakes organization is also making Election Day, November 3rd, a company holiday to ensure staff are able to vote with additional incentives given to those who work the polls. So that's definitely incredible news. We've seen other sports leagues, particularly the NBA, open up their stadiums to be polling places. And with every sports league advocating for change Mm -hmm. and showing their support for these movements, it's great to see some physical action coming from this and with encouraging people to vote and giving people these resources, many who don't have that understanding yet, or maybe don't Mm -hmm. live close to a uh, voting place that can help them out big time. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. know, what's crazy is the first professional team to start um, rally the vote was actually the Sacramento Kings. So good on them. Big ups for them. They, and they they were the first one to, to say we were going to do this and everybody followed suit. Mm-hmm. Right. So do you want to start with the uh, galaxy uh, game? Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and review the galaxy game. Now we got really off track, but it's been a pleasure having Tom. Sorry. I can do that. <laughs> no, no. So basically the quakes now hold a four two two record in the last eight meetings with the LA yeah. galaxy. Um, 
Dan, uh, goalkeeper Daniel Vega earned his third shutout of the season and 10th mm-hmm. of his MLS career, becoming mm-hmm. the fifth goalkeeper in earthquake history to reach double digits. So Vega is part of Quake's history, whether you yeah. don't want like to be or not. Or not. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess he has those games. I mean, he's, he's, he's fire nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's definitely the case with Vega. And I definitely appreciated that in these last two games, he was able to make saves before anything calamitous happened. And for the most part, at least in the goalkeeper position, there wasn't a- as many mistakes right. as in previous games we've seen with Vega earlier this year. And my criticism in the uh, Sounders game was that he started making saves after Sanders had already scored three or four times. Right. So I'm glad that he was able to bounce back from this because I would say this about anyone who loses 7-1, but especially for a goalkeeper when the scoreline is definitely yeah. harsh from their perspective, it yeah. can really be tough to, to bounce back from that mentally. So all yeah. credit to him. Yeah, so Javier Hernandez and Jonathan Dos Santos came on, but the mm-hmm. Quakes the Quakes were uh, sound defensively. I mean, they, I didn't even see Chicharito get the ball once. Yeah. So that was great on our part. We kept a clean sheet, and we made sure that we got at least a point. So definitely good on them. Um, we brought a good performance out in the field after a 7-1 loss. I know the bar is let, set so low after hearing <laughs> Don talk about that on the Quakes After 90 podcast, yeah. but – I mean, I don't want to say we should win because I don't think we had a – we didn't have any shots on goal, right? That was the thing. Like, really? We didn't have any really good shots. Right. I know it was a long time ago now, but – It's – it's you know, I think the, the biggest takeaway for me was that Florian Youngworth played in oh, yeah. a role that a lot of us fans had been wanting to see him in for for two years now. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember. Um, you know, you know, Flo, Flo was signed by this club originally to play in the midfield and then or midfield or out on the wings. And then all of a sudden we had injuries and then he was a center back and right. he held it down, but maybe a little bit too much because he never got that opportunity to move back into the midfield or really out wide too much either. Maybe like one or two appearances from what I can remember. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, in my opinion, he just hasn't been utilized in the manner that we could. So when we brought in Judson, I was actually a bit surprised in the system because I felt like Flo was a natural replacement. So right. seeing Flo be able to go ahead and be in that role this time around because he is a good passer. Um, he is a destroyer too as well. We know that Flo yeah. will make those tackles. Um, I really enjoyed it, but maybe he just doesn't have the pace of Judson for the system, and that's why Matias waited so long to go ahead and do so. But in this match, I would say that he was probably the best player on the pitch for the Quakes. Um, I, I really enjoyed his play. Um, I thought that the rest of the of the game, however, was was yeah. a bit of a wash, unfortunately. So, so would right. you say he's your stud? Uh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this in that in that game for sure, for sure, he is my stud. All right. Um, look at that. No. We have Dom saying a stud on Quakes after go. 90. Um, not on that podcast, <laughs> but I like that. Uh you know, when it comes when it comes to matches against the galaxy, you know, I just I just I expect the guys to play with a bit more intensity. I don't care if, mm-hmm. if we're gonna have four or five, you know, classicos with with how things are set up you should want to play more intense because you know how much it means to the fans. And also this is a team that you 
you take a, a look at every single season and say, okay, how can we carve them up? Right. Um, and so, you know, I expected, I expected some guys to be a bit better. I really expected Espinosa to be a bit better because right. Vaughn was on his side and I felt like he was going to have to play up as a result, but yeah. you know, it, it just wasn't his night, unfortunately right. to, to make an impact. So my God, I'm, I'm really excited for the next time that we play the galaxy. Cause I think a lot of guys are going to have a lot to prove as a result of this ending as a, uh, as a time. Yeah. Um, my stud for this game was Daniel Vega for keeping the, keeping the clean sheet, which what? felt like an Xbox rare achievement unlocked. <laughs> um, oh, and Poor for my Vega. dud, it, it was a difficult decision because while not too many players had a bad performance, some of them struggled a bit more than others. And mm-hmm. a player that I felt struggled was Tommy Thompson. He mm-hmm. had no shots on target. I wanted to see him get involved a little bit more since yeah. he's back to playing a more advanced position, which I feel like more suits his skill set rather than playing a demanding fullback position against some of the best wingers in MLS in these last few games. But um, ultimately, no one played exceptionally bad that this is what we created the stud and dud segment for, but I had to pick Well, well we didn't create it. We got it from Quakes at the 90. Let's get it. We got Dom on the podcast. Can't say that. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, but like, yeah, my bad. <laughs> uh, no worries. No worries, Ren. We, yeah. we really appreciate it. Um, yeah. You know, I think for me, when, when I take a look at guys like Chase Salinas coming in with the start and not having too much of an impact, but we need a leader on the pitch to really lead the the line forward with Wanda too as well. Those are the guys that I feel like, okay, you've gotten an opportunity to go ahead and play out wide. We know that you can – score those wonder goals like he has in the past you know I needed more from him in this in this match um and and you know unfortunately you know I felt like we were just on our back foot a lot because that LA Galaxy team though they are still trying to uh get their fitness back and get and get things straight a lot of those guys have pace and they were running they were running us ragged unfortunately and keeping us from from really having too much of an impact on this match so I think for me um, like you said, like I, I think that no one played significantly poor, but um, I was looking for more from Shea Salinas in this one. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So the biggest reason why this why this wasn't the other LA Galaxy game was Tommy Thompson was not playing right back. Yeah, and, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Um, who filled in his shoes was Nick Lima. He did he did an exceptional job, kind That's of stopping yeah. stopping Pavone, and then we had Marcos Lopez. Mm-hmm. On the left, where he is my stud. I think he is officially the owner of that spot. I don't know okay. why we didn't try this a long time ago. It seems mm-hmm. after seeing the way Pavone blew past Tommy mm-hmm. Thompson, this is a no-brainer. I know Nick Lima needs to do better while moving forward in on the offensive side of the pitch. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of crazy that he was a striker because every time he does that long shot, it's like, Whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. You don't know good. if it's going to be on goal or, or yeah. fly over the post. Yeah. But Tommy Thompson did a good job when he was in that right back role going forward and getting penalties for us and yeah. getting some offense. So if we see that out of any of our wingers, like Marcos Lopez or, you know, Nick Lima, I think we're good. I think our fullbacks are one of the best we've had in a long time. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, I've always been in this camp where I said that our, when it comes to our fullbacks, we are focusing too much on how they move forward and attack okay. instead of how they defend. Because for me, the reason why we continuously find ourselves towards the bottom of the table is because we're not defending consistently right. match after match, right? And a lot of that's because we're getting exposed and players are getting blown by in situations like 
Pavone versus Tommy Thompson. So right. when when Tommy moved to that right back role, I wasn't a fan. I wanted Nick Lima there because I know Lima can defend. I love when yeah. he, when he's on, when he's in. Right. Tommy is very good with his positioning and he's fast. So he makes up his lack of defensive prowess that Nick has naturally um, with the way that he'll try and position himself or catch up to a player with his speed. And you can't do that with somebody like Pavone. Right. You got to have the full package. You got to understand yes. where those where those runs are going to be made. You, you know what I'm saying? You got to get a little dirty. And that's something that Nick Lima likes to go ahead and do. And I was really happy that he came out and spoke about wanting to be in this position, about how he feels that he's one of the best right backs in the league. Yeah. Because to me, it shows that he wants to make that role his. He yep. wants to be with this club. He doesn't want to hear any more rumors about him leaving or being traded um, or, or have to worry about playtime. He just wants himself to be able to come in every single match and know th- that his name is going to be on the sheet for that right back role. Yep. Right. I agree. And yeah, I feel like between the two games, the both ended in draws. The one that I felt like Quakes could honestly feel more gypped on losing two points it wasn't this game it was the portland timbers game i felt mm-hmm. like a zero zero result was pretty fair for both the galaxy and the quakes given yeah. the amount of opportunities carved out Correct. yeah the galaxy were the hottest team in the league they won four in a row i believe and we stopped mm-hmm. them from winning so yeah i mean it's silver lining at least and got their stars back so right you know yeah. I, like i said you know I, the bar the bar may be low but it is what it is and, and we got we got a point out of that which is cool um, but like you said, like getting robbed in the next matches. Uh, yeah. So, to open the <laughs> discussion of the Portland Timbers game, yeah. the stats that popped out to me the most were the difference in the shots and the corner mm-hmm. kicks. Mm-hmm. So San Jose Earthquakes had 19 shots, six mm-hmm. shots on target, and seven corner kicks compared mm-hmm. to Portland's six shots, three shots on goal, and two mm-hmm. corner kicks. Somehow the Quakes didn't win. Yeah. Yeah, well, we we saw we saw what contributed to that towards the end of the, in the match with the stoppage of play for something that could have waited until after we saw the shot on goal. That was good. that was pretty much about to happen. Um, you think he would have made it? Um, you know, <laughs> I'm a Quakes right? fan, so yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm a Quakes fan, so yes. Yeah, you know, but it's it's just the it's the principle, right? We know that when it, when that situation happens. It should. It shouldn't even be a thought to blow the whistle. It should right. be to let let the game continue on. Right. If right. you want to dish out a yellow card, you do it afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And that that was just absolutely crazy to me. But in typical Quakes fashion, it would happen to us, unfortunately. Um, and you know, we didn't get a penalty or anything to make up for it, so it kind of just was what it was, right? Um, right. It, it felt like he was giving us a couple of calls. I mean, I yeah, I think yeah. he messed up. But at the end of the day, how are you a professional? How are you yeah. playing at the highest level of, you know, the American, at least United States yeah. um, pyramid and make that type of mistake? That's, yeah. I mean, that was a very memeable game for the ref. I, yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, we saw a couple memes from that game. So oh, yeah. definitely uh, pro needs to be better. I mean, it sucks because I feel like it always happens to us. It's, it's insane. Yeah, yeah. It just always happens to us. And the I penalty get, not called or something going the wrong right. way. I mean, hell, the, the goal that was scored had to go and get reviewed when it shouldn't oh, have, right? 
Right. Um, and, and, you know, I had a question about that too as well, because, you know, with VAR technology, at least in the prem, there is the watch, which lets you know if it went over the goal line or not. And right. so I'm assuming that we're not using that in the MLS for some reason, because we could have saved a bunch of time and it yep. would have just came up on the watch to say hey, went over the line, that's a goal instead of having the, you know, 0.2 second review of yeah. if it was a goal or not with the bar screen, which is insane. But <laughs> He was so serious about it too. <laughs> yeah. He was like, Oh, let me go take a look. Okay, cool. Perfect. Yeah, right. I knew, I, I knew I messed up. Sorry. Yeah. Like, come on, man. It's like he almost had to do it for the show. Like, yeah, like, for the show. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was just for the show. It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah, so ultimately it was a wasteful first half of the San Jose Earthquakes with all the chances that they had. Most notably the mm-hmm. uh, uh, Rios missed chance off the uh, shot that Vaco hit off the crossbar, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it was my nightmares coming true. Like I was just thinking as the scoreline remains zero zero, I'm like, just wait, like Portland are going to get a chance and they're going to mm-hmm. make us pay. And that's exactly what they did. Yumi Chara getting an assist from his brother, Diego Chara, yeah. which was the sixth time in MLS history, a brother assisted another brother for a goal, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But it's not cool that it happened to us. Yeah. <laughs> towards us, right? Yeah. But, I mean, but typical, typical man marking breakdown, right? One right. person gets beat. And then the opponent, the opposing team is in, and it's up to them if they want to score or not. Because if I'm not mistaken, uh, Yimmy also had another opportunity that just went wide that right. was also the similar situation from that left side. So, um, you know, that's something that's something that Matias has to definitely, you know, pull up and practice and say to guys, we cannot make these mistakes in the midfield. Right. Mm-hmm. Because when we make these mistakes in midfield, this is what the end result is, you know? Definitely. Um, and this yeah. is a prime example of it. This is a Portland Timbers team who's who's also trying to figure things out because they have so many injuries with Sebastian Blanco and a couple other folks in the midfield. Um, and so I thought this was a great game to go ahead and take three points, perhaps even scoring more than just, you know, the goal that we did and the goal that could have been. Right. I thought we should have really been able to go ahead and press forward and put the pressure on them and keep them on their back fit a bit a bit more uh, for us to go ahead and bring in some more goals, which there which can happen at times, but we just need to we need to convert ultimately is what it is. Yeah, we're we're all skipping over the most important part of this game. I mean, you know, you know that scene where the T Rex finally shows in Jurassic Park at the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it saves us all. You know, yeah. I'm waiting for JT, baby. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. Go JT time. All right. Yeah. I want that T-Rex to come in and save us from those Raptors just getting yeah, yeah. at us, all right? JT, yeah. JT's debut I, I, was, a, was a shock for a couple of people. I, I definitely did not see it coming with the stubbornness of Matias. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. But, man, I was happy because it, it shows that, you know, one, he's listening. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Uh, but but two, he saw a need for for things to change ultimately, right? And so, you know, it should have probably happened after the – after the game against Seattle, but it happened now. And I think it worked out really well. So, you know, for me, if, if we're going to throw people into the fire to see, you know, what, what this team has, let JT stay inside then stay, be, stay between the goalposts. Let him, let, mm-hmm. let's see what he can do. Right. Yeah. So definitely I want my favorite clip or my favorite part of the whole game was when he was banging his cleats on the mm. goalpost. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Vega do that. He yells and yells, but yeah. I felt like, wow, this guy's really a leader, and he's what twenty three years old. Like, yeah, yeah. get him out there. Let's let's put him out there. Mm-hmm. What, what do we have to hurt? I mean, what if what if we have a goalie for the next seventeen years? You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, and some yeah. and some of your some of your some of the traits that your your best goalies in the world have is that they are the organizer ultimately, yeah. right? So a lot of them are the guys in which the in which the commands flow through from the manager to the players. A lot of them are the ones that organize that back line and make sure that when you're playing out of the back, which is such a huge thing, not only in this system but in how a lot of teams play. Right. make sure that things are functioning the way they do. And so if JT wants to come in and be that guy, if he's trying to show that, hey, I'm not just going to sit out here and try and block shots and make sure that we can get scored on, I'm also going to be a field general. I'm all for it. Like, that's, yeah. that's what I want. I need more of that on this team. Yeah. Uh, just a quick word for, about JT Marcinkowski. I remember that day when uh, he was announced that he was a starter, Fabi texted me and was like, this is not a drill. It's tea time. Let's go. And I was like in disbelief because like you mentioned, Dom, it seemed like everybody was getting a rotation except yeah, for Daniel him. Vega remaining in yep. between the sticks for whatever reason. And it was great to see JT Marcinkowski get a chance. I yep. believe he had five appearances the previous season. Mm-hmm, so I'm glad mm-hmm. he got one here to show that he still has a place in this team and whether there's a path still for him to become a starter at some point remains to be Mm -hmm. seen, but I think he's certainly capable. And just from a kind of a personal point of view, he he went to high school at De La Salle. (laughs) So I'm always rooting for his, his success. Uh, You De La Salle folks like to stick together. And and, and Fry too, right? He's a good goalie. He went went to De La Salle. Yeah. Yeah, That was also cool. Yeah. He did. Fry, uh, Chris Wondolowski, and JT Marcinkowski all oh, coming wow. from that school. Yeah. All right, go ahead, Poppy. So this, yeah, so this is a Quakes podcast. I know you guys are not going to want to hear this, but in the interview with Victor Bernardes, uh-huh. he had a lot of high praise to talk about David Bingham and how mm. he organized that backline very well. <laughs> I know, I know, we don't want to hear about this, <laughs> but at least. In some games, he had a very strong back line, and Victor Bernardes doesn't really speak that much English. So it yeah, was, yeah, it's it's definitely it was some sort of leadership that David Bingham had that unfortunately we haven't had since his departure. It's ownership, right? Like you've been on the team for so long, you don't you're not gonna have a problem telling guys where they need to be. And I mean, we saw that with Bingham. He would tell guys to move over. Right. He would tell guys when they're out of place. He would he would he would take a step up and yell at folks as they needed to get organized. And that's what that's probably fine. But that's what you need out of a keeper. I see Vega yelling and such, but I don't see much instruction, unfortunately. Right. right? And and when there and when there is, you know, you still have to show up yourself too as well. So, you know. Like I said, if, if JT wants to come in and show that he can take the reins, I think he should be given an opportunity to do so. Yeah, I agree. To be a dead horse, is it a mm-hmm. language thing again? No, 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 no. The guys in the back line are, are, are going to be able to understand him. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Vaco scored the goal to earn Quakes a point there, Casually, and it yeah. was not yeah. given initially. It mm. looked like it crossed the line, and as it turned out, it did. 
So that was another situation where I was saying, oh, no, this is just not our day. But thankfully, the referee took a look, and yeah. he d- did the right thing. It was a 1-1 score now, and it was anyone's game to win. Yep. And we saw a good combination play from Wondolowski and mm-hmm. Baco. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Wando, that, Wando coming in. Sorry, I'm, I apologize. No, no. I was just gonna say Wando coming in and being the link between midfield and forward is a problem. Yeah, and I, and I say it's a problem because he that's not his role. We yeah. we need to have somebody that that's gonna come in and do that for. I'm hoping it's Tommy Thompson, right. but um, but somebody's got somebody's gotta take a look at what Wando does, and they got they gotta emulate that. Right, us. right. I mean, he's been forward. around for so long. Just, <laughs> just follow him step by step. What are you guys doing? Like, do you think it? Do you think it's gonna be Cade? Because the way that Cade plays, it's it's like he wants to be that guy that really takes the step up. You know, you know. I think Cade's biggest fan is Wando. I mean, the way he looks at him and gives him, like, props. He, like, he, he looks at him like he's his biggest fan, and that's it's really nice to see. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think I, – I, you know, I wanted I wanted Vaco to be that when he first mm-hmm. came in. That's and, fair. And I think, it's fortunately, we're at this point in the relationship where it's toxic for both parties, I mean, yeah, for him to yeah, be yeah. in the 10. So, it's just – I think he just scored his 26th goal. I think yeah. we're going to re-sign him. But we have to motivate him again and help him out with with a big, I mean, with a some sort of signing. I don't think Tommy Thompson pushes pin pushes the needle for getting Vaco back on track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'm not in the camp that I feel like we need to do any more motivating for Vaco. Really? I'm I'm kind I'm kind of like let's move on. You know what I mean? Wow. Because because if you're not motivated at this point to to really gel with the guy. There's a lot of guys who have been there for a long time that he should right. be able to be to gel with. Um, you know, Jackson is Jackson's been in that midfield with you for a long time. Um, you've played with Tommy in various roles. Uh, you should be gelled. You should be like glue when it comes to Wando. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? But he was, um, he showed that. Yeah. They, they have, they have chemistry, but I, but I, but I also see a number of instances where Vaco doesn't like to pass the ball still when, when Wando is the one that's available to, and that bothers right. me. Um, and so, you know, for me, I just think when it comes to Vaco, I'm like, run him into the ground and get all that we can get now. And when he starts talking about, okay, I want X, Y, and Z, if, if I'm going to resign with you guys or whatnot, show him the numbers. And if he's not motivated to do better and come back and play with us, then move forward. We can find somebody else and, and fill that gap. I'm just hurting on the transfer fee that could have been if we're not going to bring him back. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that yeah. that would that would hurt because I mean there has to be some sort of even though we don't do business with other MLS teams, there yeah, would yeah. have to be some Colorado Rapid or something that like would with want MPG. Him. Somebody took on MPG. Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. Or, yeah, yeah, that's the weirdest yeah. thing. Why didn't we sell MPG either? So that's the, that. I think the Quakes do a bad job at at least getting some sort of yeah, yeah transaction back for these guys, even though it's not going to work out. Yeah, I mean, we just saw what Kai Kamara traded today, yeah. right? Yeah, right. Yeah. We don't we don't see moves like that too often for the Quakes, where we're willing to go ahead and move a guy. If if it is, it's something like allocation money, like we got for um for uh midfielder, Dominic Adura, right? Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, impact. Godoy. And, yeah. and or Godoy too as well. You know, yeah. who's out there playing for what? Nashville, Nashville at this point, mm-hmm. right? Um, so like we, we need to do, we need to do more better business in that sense. And if, if it, if it takes getting rid of guys, like we've seen other teams do that maybe quote unquote focal points, then I, I think we're at that point where we need to do that. You know, do you guys know if we have an expansion draft coming up this year? 
Um, mm. I don't think so because I think the earliest the next it's expansion the club is coming after. is 2022 mm. with Charlotte, yeah. and both St. Louis and Sacramento got postponed to 2023. What about you have to uh, Austin? Check Austin. Yeah, that's the wild card. Let me double check. Yeah. If anything, it might be them, mm. but I am not sure. We, I don't so know if we, Austin got postponed in 2022 too as well, or if they're coming in next year, but that would be Oh, the other. Austin FC will compete in Major League Soccer in 2021. So okay, wow. we will have an expansion we draft. Wow. So maybe we lose one of these guys that aren't going to fit in the squad again, and we do the same ordeal that we did with Godoy. I yeah. mean, yeah. It, we might be like, hey, just don't take any of our guys. You can have Vaco. So yeah. Yeah. we might yeah. see a Vaco or – I think there was a couple other guys that aren't in contract, but we might see them mm-hmm. on another team. And that's, yeah. it's hard to, it's hard to say, but maybe they do well. It's yeah. kind of like, it'll be like a Ryan Tannehill type of deal where he goes to the Tennessee Titans and he starts doing good. So. <laughs> it starts falling out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I would Austin, be like, I told you guys, I told you. Look at my passer rating now. <laughs> Austin FC are also already on the South American DP train. They already signed Cecilio Dominguez from uh, Independiente, which is the same club that Atlanta United got Ezekiel Barco from. So wow. uh, th- another club that is moving on to yeah. MLS 3.0. Yeah. <laughs> Is that was pre-court? Like, didn't he not want to spend with Columbus? That was the whole deal. Wasn't he didn't like that? the he didn't like the area. Oh, uh, okay. Owner owners going to be motivated if they can make money, right? Right. And so, if you're telling if you're telling somebody they can't build a new stadium downtown and tap into that revenue, or they can't get the public funds to go ahead and build, you know, so an owner is not going to spend. You know, uh, I, unfortunately. So uh, now that he's in, in Austin, I don't know if you guys have been to Austin recently, but I haven't. No, I, I, no. I was just there in November for uh, for Formula One. Mm. It is. I feel I feel very bad for how beautiful it is. Mm. And the reason I say this is because people are going to flock there. Actually, people probably already fl- start to flock there. Yeah, now my that sister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now that people can work from home, they probably right. have already flocked to Austin because it is it is the San Francisco of Texas. Right. It is progressive. Um, and there is a ton of space that people are going to develop. And it's going to kill that local culture that people love and that small town feel that people love. And it's going to change. Um, but with that football club man it's perfect it's right. it is mm-hmm. the perfect feel and so for a, an owner like pre-court to go ahead and say oh no this is where i want to go ahead and build i get it it makes sense there's gonna be money flowing inside there so he's gonna make sure that they are signing the proper players really any club that's going to come in in an expansion spending all that expansion cash to get into the league is going to make sure that they're signing the right players to to compete right off the bat yeah, um, you know, the fu- going back to my sister moving to Austin, she was like, oh, are you going to come out to game? We're going to be sitting ticket holders. And I was like, ah, you <laughs> like, know. Here we go. Uh, like, maybe you we'll gotta go, man. Yeah. <laughs> you got to go. You got to see all the stadiums in the league, right? So. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, another, another, another good signing. I mean, I saw a little bit of some Twitter going on back and forth of mm-hmm. they're not really signing people right now, and they should be. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I know this is a quick podcast, but this is kind of MLS news. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they, they were kind of on the hot seat that they're not signing anybody. And I thought that was funny. I was like, mm-hmm. man, you guys are giving the new club hot uh, hot takes yeah, while yeah. we're out here only signing all I need to alone. Okay. That's yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. I mean, ultimately, there's, there's different strategies now, right? right. You, you have multiple expansion teams that you can go ahead and say they did this right or they did this wrong. Do you want to come in and be mediocre like Orlando? Right. Or do you want to make a huge splash like Atlanta? Yeah. Right. 
So like those, those are the differences. Or do you want to be a Cincinnati who can't even find a coach and right. has just been poor right off the bat? You know what I'm saying? So there's a number of different ways that you can come into this. People are looking at the way that NHL is doing their expansion too as well, since it's very similar. Do we cut deals with teams and say, we won't grab these guys and, you know, give us this guy for this much, et cetera, et cetera. So the fact that they're not signing people, folks shouldn't worry about it because I guarantee you when we get closer to the expansion draft and when they need to actually get the ball rolling, um, you're going to see a lot of solid names head over to, to that club. Right. And I, I wanted to bring this up. I know this is kind of a little off topic. It's not on the script. Mm-hmm. But did, when we were on the nationally broadcast game, did you guys ever mm-hmm. feel that the, the kind of the pundits, they just didn't want to talk about us? Like, or they didn't <laughs> want to really mention anything good about us? I feel like, it's, you know, every single time we are on nationally televised gays, even I think, it, I think his name is Rob Stone was yeah. like, let me write down a name of a team that we don't care about. And you could tell that it was a big yeah, yeah. circle to start. So who can that yeah. be? So I was just like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you guys have felt that way, but a lot of media doesn't like us. And it, I think it's because yeah. we get a lot of nationally televised games and we don't deserve it. So I think yeah. there's kind of like a, a rivalry going on with the American kind of pundits versus mm. a nationally like known coach from Mexico. I don't know. I think that might be something about that, that kind of the Taylor Twelmans or the Alexi Lalas's want to see Almeida kind of fail because he was a hot shot coming in from Liga MX. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of feelings about this. You want to, you want to yeah. start? I, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just want to wrap up uh, the uh, Portland Timber game. Oh, yes. Does it does. So, I guess we got... Yeah. Let's well, do that first. One, one we'll other point. So it was a bittersweet point earned because while you'll take any point that you can get when you're out of the uh, playoff zone, it still kept Quake's bottom of the Western Conference. Still, the good news is they're still only three points away from eighth place Houston Dynamo. Yeah, it's crazy. With a one plus goal difference. But the bad news is, while Dynamo has a plus one goal difference, Quakes have a fugly negative 11 goal difference. Yeah, we're not getting the worst in MLS. (laughs) One worse than FC Cincinnati, but still the worst in MLS. And I don't hate Cincinnati, but, like, you know, we didn't expect to be worse than you guys. Yeah, we don't want the wooden spoon again. That's that's just reality. Our club, club, the last time that we got the wooden spoon, that should have been it. We should, yeah, have, right. we should have gone forward from there, with, and this should not even be a concern. Unfortunately, right. it is, but, you know, that's – Quick that says, take. It says it. Ivan, uh, Dom, one stud and one done from the Portland game. Okay. Um, I'm going to start off. I thought Yudson was incredible that game. We finally saw a pairing of Florian and Yudson together, um, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. I, I mean, liked it. I liked it a lot. Unfortunately, I mean, I guess Jackson needs a little more time adjusting in that 10 roll. Yep. But I think that can be a very formidable midfield for the future. Uh, yeah. yeah. Most Go ahead, definitely. Dom. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I, I, Jackson needs to take a look at Michael Bradley is what he needs to do. Right. That's why oh, gosh. He, he, needs to look at, he needs to look at Michael Bradley and, and see how Bradley has been efficient in his role if he's going to play for the United States and he, and he wants to be a baller for this club uh, for us to build around. Um, I'm going to go um, – hmm. I think I'm going to go with Wando, to be honest okay. with you. Okay. And, and the reason why is because Wando is is our – he is our striker who, for some reason, sits in the middle of the pitch all the time. Right. <laughs> and, and though we've seen him experimented as a midfielder, we know that he's not. 
um, he does what needs to be done in order for us to have a chance at winning. And sitting at the middle of the pitch and trying to win the ball back um, and and really being that link between midfield and the forwards, um, he did really well when he came in. Um, and that's where his assist ultimately came from. And so for me, without him coming in and making that impact, there's no way we win this game. There's no way that we can even talk about having a potential game-winning shot on goal that was taken away, right? So, right. yeah, Wando's my guy. Right. And my stud would be Vaco. He started to show flashes again of why we believed mm-hmm. in him when the Quakes first brought him in a few years ago. Okay. And he combined very well with Wando. I think that those two are a combination that we need to see play more minutes together. Right. And the stud – the uh, Charlie Brown of this team, Andy Rios, like he can have worse luck. You mean the dud, right? Wor- yeah. yeah, the stud. Huh. I mean the dud. Yeah, dud. Yeah. And <laughs> and he couldn't be doing worse scoring unless Lucy was actually coming onto the pitch and taking the ball away from him, like in the comics. Like yeah. it's it's that comical, but also that sad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Quick uh, word on the MLS power rankings last updated uh, by ESPN on September 14th. The Quakes are at 21. And the last podcast, when they were in, I think, 18 or 19, I felt that the late teens were a fair ranking, no complaints. But now I'm still in that wavelength that Mm -hmm. 21st, when you're bottom of the Western Conference and you haven't won – a game in mm-hmm. seven games now, the last game being in the Real Salt Lake that they won. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fair. I think there are at most only five teams worse than the Quakes in the MLS right now. And in any competition, drawing at home and winning on the road is a recipe for disappointment. Right. And just to go back to the studs and duds, Dom and my, and myself, our dud was Paul Marie. So, so <laughs> we'll, 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 he had a bad game. We'll just look past oh, it. He's Paul. a cool guy. Okay. Oh, Paul, but, Paul. Yeah. but yeah, but, but that is transitioning into like the question that you asked about, you know, the, the feeling of national media, right. Right. Um, right. And, and how people view this team, how they don't talk about us that much when, when we are on the national stage, um, everyone from the Univision guys talking about LAFC the entire right. time yeah. to Alexi Lawless bashing on us to Taylor Twelman um, being very critical um, about Matias and the man marking system. Um, I'm going to just keep it real. If this club spent like the other clubs who have been in the league as long as us, we probably would not have as much heat thrown our way. Mm-hmm. But because this club continues to want to be mediocre on all fronts, not building the academy up, getting right. rid of the women's team, not spending to improve the, on the on the current roster that Matt Doyle yeah. pointed out in the offseason, Espinoza is not a new signing. Espinoza is not an improvement on this team. There are still glaring holes. He was banging that drum from from the end of the last season to the beginning of this season and even in some of his articles now. Right. Right. Um, a lot of the hate is warranted now. Before I would have just said, you know, people aren't giving Matias an opportunity to show what he's got going on. Jesse Fiorinelli and him have a plan on how they want to go ahead and build things. But the reality is, is yep. that we are just miles 
behind the rest of the league. And fortunately, there are other clubs that are doing worse than us. I think right. Cincinnati just has a really poor front office too as well. And so that's why they're still yeah. down there. But play, but teams like Miami and Atlanta who are doing bad this year, they're going to turn it back around. Right. Um, so, so for us, if we don't want to be criticized anymore, if we don't want to do the, you know, the whole pity party and the bashing of why does, why does this go wrong and that go wrong? It, it starts from the top. And, and we saw that there's not, there's not much accountability when after the seven, seven, one loss, there was no statement that was made. Right. Right. So when yeah. you don't, when you don't have a statement made by the front office after a loss like that, do you really think that these pundits aren't going to dig into this club? It, it's it's open season. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. All right. Yeah, so, when Southampton lost nine zero to Leicester City, there was a club statement. I believe the players they gave up their wages for that game. They donated it, and there was a sense that okay, they understand the fans' frustration after that loss. Yeah, I mean, look at Barcelona one, imploded after their loss, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So you know, it's it's just. This isn't the way that you handle things, unfortunately. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, and in those clubs, whether it's a huge club like Barcelona or like mm-hmm. a run-of-the-mill Premier League team like yeah. Southampton, there are repercussions. There are consequences. Yeah. People lose jobs. It's a miracle Ralph Haston who kept his job at Southampton, and he, if he didn't turn it around, he was probably gone by the end of the yeah. season anyway. There's n- no sign of that in San Jose Earthquakes. And when every, you, the fact that they're still not linked to anybody, we yeah, get asked crazy. questions all the yeah, time. Yeah. Do you know of any links? Who are we linked to? And we're like, we don't know. Like yeah, yeah. we go on all the websites and we try to look like it's like a Scooby-Doo mystery. Like we don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, and that's the most concerning part to me is it's, mm-hmm. it's not, I'm, I'm not in the camp that wants to get rid of Matias and yeah, right. I, and I, I will defend Matias too as well because I know I see the vision and I and I like it. I like the system a lot. I'm telling you, when when is the when when are you gonna have another opportunity? Sorry, English is leaving me again. When are you gonna have another opportunity to say that you have a coach who wants to play a a style that is unique from any other team in the league? Right. You're yeah. not gonna have that many opportunities. So cherish it. But also right. the front office has to support him and get him the quality of players so that he can make this work. If these guys aren't going to make the starting roster of any of the other teams in the West Coast that we're playing against, there's no way this system is going to work. Name, name, name two guys that walk onto any of the West Coast teams. On our, on our current starting, starting 11, the, 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 the top 11 players that you have in mind for this Quakes team, Name two of them that walk on to another West Coast team. Um, I, I, based off of potential alone, <laughs> and that's Kurt, all you can and base Kurt. it on. Yeah, all you can do is based off potential, right? Because right. because if you're basing it off of performance, nobody, nobody, yeah, yeah. Nobody. You can argue Jackson Ewell has more upside than an Eric right. Williamson of the Portland Timbers, but yeah, it's you're grasping at straws at this point. Yeah. And these are good players, but. Every all these other teams on the West Coast, in particular, if we're excluding the Whitecaps, there's a couple mm-hmm. of quakes who would definitely start on yeah. the Whitecaps. But <laughs> Sounders, That's Portland, yeah, LAFC, and LA Why don't we trade them like for Freddie Montero real quick? <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, or Lucas Cavallini. But anyway, <laughs> um, 
those feel like well-built rosters. There's depth in different positions. Yep. If Mabiala misses a game for Timbers, Mm -hmm. you have Zuperich and you have Bill Tuiloma. Right. Like it, it feels a bit more like a safer pair of hands and like more collective unit in the sense that like you can depend on 18 to 20 players. We're like, We're not sure if that's the case in San Jose Earthquakes. You yeah. know, it was a little, who was a little of a hothead after you said Tui Loma's name. Tommy Thompson is kind of losing his cool sometimes. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. it's kind of fun or not funny, but it's kind of odd because he's such a nice guy, but on the pitch he kind of loses his his like nice yeah. guy. He, he's he's kind of dirty. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna start yeah. it, but which I'm which I'm okay with. But he's yeah. getting he's getting frustrated. And yeah. you can tell, man. With that like, shot on Tony Loma's head, I mean, dude, just yeah. chip it. Chip. <laughs> in the interviews we heard from Tommy Thompson the last month or so, he feels like the nicest guy in the world. Right. But that's a completely different person when he's yeah. playing in these games. Shoots a screamer um, two feet away from a person with their head on the floor. Like, yeah. come on, bro. He's like, yeah. I'm going for depth shots. That's yeah. it now. Everyone dies. Yeah. All right. So quick, uh, we're going to do some quick hits um, for the for the next two games. We're going to preview yeah. some. Um Let's just do some predictions. Um, I'm going to yeah, say a couple of things, and then we'll just do predictions real quick. Okay. Um, forward Chris Wondolowski has scored 11 in his fifth or 18 of prior appearances to Portland, and that's the most of any player against this club. Mm-hmm. So definitely kind of cool to see that Wando has mm-hmm. the most goals for this club as well. Ivan, let's start with you. What's the score prediction? My prediction for the Timbers game is I think – that gravity is going to weigh on the Quakes again. They had their opportunities to win this first game, but I think the Timbers are going to regroup, and I think it's going to be a 2-1 loss. Okay. Dom? Two one, you said 2-1 loss? 2-1 loss to the Timbers. Okay, got you. Um, I think it's another tie, but I think it's 2-2. Two, two. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to be the one that's like, we're going to win, all right? 2-1 <laughs> <laughs> win, baby. Let's it's go. A Wando game. scores two goals because Kai Kamara's on a new team. Wando's coming back for another season. Yeah. I, I, it is, I agree it is a winnable game because they still need to figure out, okay, how are we going to line this up? Because Asperilla, Blanco, and Flores are gone, right? right. Um, but they had success against us in this, in this last game where they were still able to go ahead and push forward. And they they literally just saw our press and how it works, right? right? So, for me, I think the game is going to be a little bit more open. Okay. Because folks are going to, are going to play a bit different. And, like, look, I'm not going to make the same mistake that I did those last time. And I think that leads to a 2-2 draw. Right. So, for the Rapids game, speaking of winnable games, mm-hmm. they remain by default, not because they're a bad team, but just compared mm-hmm. to every other team that the Quakes have played – they are the most winnable opponent left, yeah. but it I don't see it as an easy three points, and especially with the Quakes' recent road form, granted against the Sounders and LAFC, I yeah. think that there will be struggles in Commerce City, and I think it could be a 0-0 zero, zero draw. I'm going let's, with that. Let's not forget that that team has given us problems as the mm-hmm. past two years too as well, especially last season. Right. Last, season right. last season, they were extremely problematic for us. We just could not break them down. They we had a lot of fouls, yellows. It was not nice. <laughs> yeah. So Dom, we got. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one nil quakes. Okay. 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 Yeah. Let's get a win. I think. I think we'll. I think we'll batter that one out. That is. That is the game that I think that we can win for sure. I think that the motivation is going to be there. I think we'll have a bit more consistency. I think this weekend is definitely going to be the match where you see a transition of 
who has worked out in these past couple of matches and who hasn't. And then hopefully we can see a consistent lineup for this game in the, in the following. Right. And I'm going to go with two zero quicks. I think this is a very winnable game. Like you guys both mm. said, um, but all around the board, we kind of all know that this is going to be a low scoring game and yeah, most it definitely. should be a grind one out type of game. Yeah. All right. And lastly, we'll go through these uh, fan questions pretty quickly. Thank cool. you so much to all of these people who submitted questions. There's a very Twitter heavy uh, qu- question. You guys, we got this sorry, week. before you start, do you guys do yeah. all your questions off of like Twitter and discord and stuff we like do, that? We do Twitter, yeah. discord, Facebook. Like nice. we just ask our, we just oh, ask around. Like, nice, nice. If, and yeah. we always give credit. Uh, we kind of make this show for the listener. Um, we just want to have fun with it. I think the best way to kind of, since there's a lot this week, thanks guys. We love it. We love the questions. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll just go one, two, three. Basically, Ivan, you take the first one, Don the second one, and I'll take the third one. Okay. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll of... take turns answering cool. them. Yeah. All so right. probably the best, uh, other than Andy Rios Burner account, my favorite uh, Twitter name in San Jose Earthquakes Twitter, Andy Rios James Burner T. Account. Meowsing Meowski fan account at cats underscore quakes asks, Do you think that Almeida played JT with a potentially weak slash inexperienced back line to set him mm. up to fail, thus giving him justification to start Vega more? Mm. I'll go with you, Dom, on this one. Um, no, because injuries have played this team in the back line, right? And then it's very apparent at the end of that first half that some of these guys may be carrying knocks that we are not aware about or have been feeling some tightness in those hamstrings that we are not aware about. And because of the nature of this roulette, um, you may or may not want to, you know, put that on the injury report per se. Right. So um, I think that he was going to roll him out and he was going to give him the opportunity to go ahead and be successful, but injuries are the way that they are. So that's what we got. This is what we got. Okay. So uh, I'll go to Fabi for this next one. Danny at Danny ESP asks, who should be the goalkeeper for the rest of the season? It's JT season, baby. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, I'm down JT with it. season. All right. Yeah. We hope so. Uh, Vega, you're still a nice guy, but I think JT deserves just, a bit more of a It's just time run. for a change. Yeah. 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 So I'll tackle this next one. Daniel Garza at DGarza42, mm. one of my uh, colleagues from MLS Multiplus, asks okay. – if we think Matias Almeida will get fired if the Quakes don't make the playoffs. So to provide mm-hmm. additional context, uh, the recent uh, coach tenures are as follows real quick. Gallup, mm-hmm. six years. Watson, one year. Kinnear, three years. Leach, half a season. Oh, Starray, one year. And <laughs> Almeida will gracious. reach his two-year anniversary on October 29. Okay. So there is some president for some short leashes here, but – you feel like if Almeida was really on the hot seat, this is something that we would have seen coming mm-hmm. and or we would feel right now. I feel like this club is still bought into the Almeida experience. Uh, m- missing the playoffs this year would be a sting, but I think it would be next season. If they still don't make the mm-hmm. playoffs, then they'll look toward other options. You're, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, it, there's there's unless no way he that he goes go, anywhere right? this, unless he wants to. Yeah, right. he's not going anywhere unless he wants to go anywhere. Your your only other option right now is Ian Russell that you can get to coach this team, and the jury is still out on if he if he's ready to even go ahead and do so. And it just wouldn't make any sense at all. Right. 
Um, so William at BP underscore Schneider yeah, asked boy. a couple questions and we'll stick with this one that hasn't really been touched on yet. Uh, Dom, if you can yeah. attribute this team's worsened performances since MLS's back tournament to one decision or one tactical situation in particular, mm-hmm. it could be Magnus's departure or anything else. What would you think it is? Um, the man marking system can surprise teams because it forces you to push yourself to a physical limit. If tactically you cannot break it down. And so on the bubble, people were not used to playing against it, even though they had seen it the year previously beforehand, but things have obviously switched up in the way that it's worked out. Um, and now there is some more tape because we're playing West coast teams that right. see us multiple times in the season um now they have a better understanding of how to go ahead and break us down and that's why things have you know what i'm thinking as you brought that up yeah matias has never had an east west coast type of deal nope never at all he's had to go ahead and play you know teams that have been around and haven't able to just go ahead and and take that tape right yeah that Mm -hmm. that could be a big point why the man marking system is a little like not working as well as other places yeah because because in 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 a traditional setting you would go ahead and play the other teams who are a part of the table, you know, this week, the next week, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And yes, they're going to have tape on you. Yes, there's going to be scouting reports, but they're not going to focus, you know, as many days, as many hours as another team in the West Coast will when they know that we already play each other, what, twice? Right. And now that we're going to play each other inside this gauntlet even more times. Yeah. So teams have just doubled or tripled the amount of time that they're, that they're focusing on breaking down our tactics and that's an advantage for them when it comes to the system. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Devin at Devbo underscore 88. Oh, I know asks Devin. So to, Devin. <laughs> asks to Fabi, if the development of company buildings around Earthquake Stadium, is that possible plan for bringing in players in the future? Or is this going to end up just being a money-making scheme? Yeah, and I, I think this was brought up in um, Black and Azul. Uh, shout out to those guys. They did a great kind of um, job just talking about this whole ordeal. And I think that's actually something they're doing good on the Quakes FO. Um, they couldn't have a stadium right in downtown, but they're kind of bringing an area around it. So that's that's kind of cool to see. Um, it is it is getting better in that area. It, I mean, we're all kind of hard on it because it's not taking a little longer than we all thought but it's definitely an up and coming area. And I think it is a bit of a money-making scheme. Let's be real. I mean, mm-hmm. if you have a stadium, you have the buzz around. I mean, of course, if you're a tech company before pre COVID, right, you want something that's lively, something that's fun an area that's fun to work in. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that the stadium does that. And I think it is a bit of a money-making scheme for Fisher before it is we're bringing in an expensive player yeah as a CEO of Sabre Joe told Dwight Schrute if you aren't investing in property you are dumber than a dum-dum so I guess (laughs) the Quakes ownership listen our avid office fans and took that advice to heart um Hilario Muniz another friend from Fansided who is a Rapids fan so a bit of the context there so he asked if there's going to be a better offensive performance from both Quakes and Timbers. Quakes in uh, being more clinical and Timbers in creating more chances. And also, who needs to win more, Quakes or Rapids? So to start with the Timbers oh, side okay. of things, I do see things opening up a bit more. I think that while the Quakes definitely feel like they should have gone three points from that, 
Timbers probably also view Quakes as a winnable opponent. So both teams have the attacking talent, and they're going to see a bit more chances, I think, and it'll definitely come down to who can score theirs. And uh, for the Rapids part of this, since their uh, schedule, they play the Galaxy, then the Quakes, and mm-hmm. then they play Sporting Kansas City. Sporting Kansas City are a solid team, but I think it'll be if the Rapids lose to the Quakes, it'll be easier for them to rally and then try to get a result against Sporting Kansas City. Whereas if the Quakes lose to the Rapids and then have to play LAFC, mm-hmm. that's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most and, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so we got two uh, questions left. Uh, this one comes from Matt Three Leo Dom. Okay. Uh, is there a method to Matias's rotations? Do you feel like there's anything he's trying to accomplish, or is it mainly uh, just tired legs and injuries? And he also adds if mm-hmm. more starts on the cards, not just for JT, but also Akanya Rije, who mm-hmm. had a decent debut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the youth is getting in, is is getting injected into the club, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Um, I I don't have a pro- I don't have a problem with the youth injection because it allows them to get a feel of the style of play at the pro level. So they're getting to put all that practice into work and see what they need to go ahead and improve on. And Matias can also go ahead and take a look at that too as well and say, okay, these guys are right and these guys aren't. Um, but I do think this is an audition for next season because right. of the contract situation for so many players and we're going to have to ultimately rebuild this team. If the front office was waiting for all these contracts to uh, get to their final year and, and some people fall off or, and have to make the decision of who we're going to resign or who we're going to move on from and, and then they want to go ahead and spend, um, I think the method that Matias is doing is saying, okay, who's going to be here still next season that we can go ahead and build around. Right. Right. Yeah. So if that is the method, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm not okay with it. I think, I, I think that's fine. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's how, I'm, that's how I'm trying to see it. So I can stay positive. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. Definitely. All or right. it's an excuse for the FO to not buy anybody. Not buy anybody. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, don't do this. <laughs> Last question. So I, Apologize, I don't want to say your full tag because it has a swear word. No <laughs> Jags on Twitter. Quakes and Jaguars fan, you are a brave soul. Nice, uh, right? No, nothing but pain. Yeah, although they did beat the Colts on week one. So. This is true. So uh, this is for Fabi. So will Almeida give Cowell start soon? He certainly deserves one mm. based on uh, his performances. Yeah, so like I said before, it's cow season, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I heard JT no season the first time, but yeah. it can be both seasons at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it can be. I mean, I want to see Cade. We got to display him. If we are if we need to make some quick cash to bring in something, either mm-hmm. we sell one, Espinoza, or we sell two, Cade. Um, Jackson, unfortunately, his stock's down right now. Mm-hmm. But we need to display these wingers so we can get some money back and infuse it into the club, bring in some guys. Um, and Wait, so you, think- wanna, so you want to sell Cade? I think I think it's if if he has a good season, if we start him and he's balling and it's like Alfonso Davies type of thing. No, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think you, I don't think you sign a, a player as young as Kate now. I think maybe you wait a couple of years. Okay, yeah, and then go ahead and do that, right? Do a little, sign, <laughs> yeah. little, little sell on clause for 20 percent. Yeah, yeah. You know, what's up? Yeah. He's but, still but like I, 
16 but, or 17. So yeah, he's, he's too got young. that FIFA. Yeah. He's got that FIFA dynamic player potential he's going too young, for him. Man, keep keep him around for a couple of years. See how he develops. Um, and then and then from there, if he is that guy who who's making a huge impact, I don't care where he goes. You know, I want to see him be successful. Um, I do agree with you that that the stock on Jackson Yule is probably down right now, but I'm not oh, against yeah. that. Wait, wait, wait! We haven't said it once, Dom. Action what? Jackson, Action baby. Jackson. That's Let's my boy. go. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't that mention that in a previous podcast. Yeah. Yule stock yeah. did take a dip a bit, and yeah, yeah. we'll have a mountain to climb in the yes. U.S. Men's National Team center yes. midfield pool, which is looking exactly. especially stacked yeah. with Gio Reyna and then Weston McKinney moving to Juve. Yep. So. Exactly. Everybody is taking a step up in that pool to show that they really want to be there when it comes to World Cup qualifying, right? And so, you know, I think for the Quakes, it's a good thing that the Jackson stock is down because he's going to stay around. But for Jackson himself, it's maybe not so good for for his ambitions of playing um, for the national team. But I will say, though, Reyna and Weston play more forward roles Mm. in the midfield. Mm. And Jackson, for having played this man-marking system, should be better defensively. And he is a natural distributor. So he can actually sit behind them and just pass the ball and help win win the ball back to you as well and and cut off passing lanes. So there may still be a window for him in there, but he definitely needs to improve on play and adapt to this new role in the system if he if he wants to uh, get a shot yeah Yule is a player that if you want if he plays cdm i think he does yeah. work there or a regular center midfielder or an attacking central midfielder he's good there too he's very mm-hmm. versatile and dependable yeah Okay. All right, so that wraps it up. We want to actually Great. thank Dom for yeah, the pod. Um, no check problem. out his podcast with the group of guys from Quakes After 90. Yes, sir. Um, they're great. We've been listening to them for years, and they're a big inspiration for us to make this podcast. So we want to thank him. Thank you, And thank man. the podcast for being all around all through these dark days. Um, this is officially <laughs> the dark days. This is officially That's so true. <laughs> our longest podcast. So again, yeah. Dom, thank you for that. We're up at two hours now. So if oh, you reach this, um, you're truly a Quakes fan. I mean, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. And we want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you for all the fans for going ahead and giving us questions for us to ask. Again, this podcast is for you. Um, we go ahead and make sure that we answer all your questions. So I have one more thing yeah. to say. Check out Ivan's latest review, uh, latest article reviewing uh, his predictions for the last six San Jose Earthquakes games yes, and sir. revising expectations on MLSMultiplex.com. A link will be provided in the podcast. So, uh, Dom, go ahead yeah. and tell everybody your Twitter handle. Oh, yeah, sweet. Um, my Twitter handle personally is uh, LoveSickFresh, L-O-V-S-I-C-F-R-S. If you want to go ahead and give me a follow, but more importantly, give the Quakes After 90 podcast uh, Twitter a follow, which is just Quakes After 90. Um, I really just want to – I don't really want to do too much of the plugging. Uh, I really just want to go ahead <laughs> and say thank you all to uh, for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You know, this is something that I know when um, – when 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 freaking <laughs> sorry when <laughs> zach started the subreddit <laughs> yeah when zach started the subreddit you know his vision was that we really go ahead and grow this community grassroots that's where our podcast came from that's where we met guys like colin etnire the black and azul guys i'm so glad to see that you guys have 
your stuff going on too as well. It just gives me additional content to go ahead and listen to you. Right. Um, and I really, really, really am excited to see y'all grow. So yeah, keep it up, man. For <laughs> thank sure. Thank you. Thank have, you. And then yeah. Ivan, you want to plug your Twitter? Cause it's our yeah. Twitter. <laughs> yeah. You can follow me personally at Ivan Whoa. Ornelas too. And you can follow Tectonic Takes at Tectonic Takes as well. So definitely give both a follow. Yeah. And guys, again, if you want to start a podcast about the quakes, come join the family. Again, this is a collective group type of thing. So we are waiting for more content. I know I was one of those people that was like, wow, man, I need to make some content because there's no, there's not that much content right now. Mm -hmm. Quakes after 90. And then it was black or black and azul, but now we're ready to make this family bigger again guys we're presented by the beautiful game network we want to thank them for posting everything for us and, and taking care of us and um go quakes yeah go quakes